0: CM Punk. Oh, wait, what the hell? CM Punk. Oh, the GTS
1: on Sean Dean. Well, that's a little surprising. Ladies much. and gentlemen, the winner of this match as a result of a disqualification Captain Sean Dean.
2: Dean. Oh, and oh, damn it. He just got a Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, the records reset in the new year. Yeah, you're
1: Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a
0: podcaster. Yay.
1: His name is Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite.
2: Drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you.
1: You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad?
2: We don't know anything about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs>
0: That's funny. <laughs>
1: Probably look like Jim Duggan's digging the tape out of his crotch.
2: Benoit, enjoy my wife.
1: That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. To me! I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist <laughs> me hard.
2: I need a minute to recover off that.
1: What kind of game is it? War games!
2: Let a war!
1: War games! our impressions. Uh, Yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like like a dog.
2: dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 jeeks. Holy shit. How did that actually happen?
0: Here we go.
2: Good wrestling day. We are back. R.I.P. Bob Saget, the top of wrestling is here and ready to go. And man, I am excited for this week. A lot of good stuff to be talking about. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia. We are just diving in headfirst. There's a lot of good stuff we've gotta talk about. And to be honest with you, I've been waiting about a good five days, maybe more, since uh, one of the most shadiest shits of all time ever happened, and we're gonna get into that first and foremost when we get started. But I can't talk about that story until we have the co-host of the Top of Wrestling Podcast here, ladies and gentlemen,
1: ODM. We run the East, hit the fucking music.
2: The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your
1: hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout.
2: least shadiest thing of all that's right the buffalo bills are in the playoffs once again but also they are your afc east champions now two years in a row first time since 1995 Uh Woo! and doing it at home and tell me what did the view look like
1: from where you were watching it uh, we were row nine right at the forty yard line behind the Bills bench, so it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was it was a good view. Much better than much better view
2: than mine. It wasn't broadcasted <laughs> in Florida, so I was just watching the little football uh animated green screen where you see the ball just bounce uh, from one spot <laughs> to the other when you're watching just stats. It, it hey, so last week was our first episode back. It took us a couple of tries to even get started today. I think we're already under way better control than last week unless i just jinxed ourselves (laughs) hopefully less booze this week
1: yeah let's hope so i mean it depends on what kind of booze you're talking about if you're talking about me grabbing a gin and tonic oh with the z Z as many as possible okay good good as long as we're on the same page there (laughs) now you
2: know what i was talking about man when i said one of the shadiest things to ever happen i feel like at least in the Well, at least in the most recent history for ourselves, but the Doc, ODM, did something shady happen to you last week in in terms of the wrestling draft?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a thing, by the way. Weekly draft bitchings. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, they're certainly going to give us enough firepower, and I've shot in five... Yeah, I've been firing back at this motherfucker. Uh, Basically, the corrupt commissioner uh, just decided he was going to stop by and... Thought he was just gonna, you know, do some filming for a cute little promo he was gonna put out, you know, so he could tape that up on the fridge. Uh, but no, he basically just absconded with the belt. Now, well, listen, I could have stopped him, or I could have attempted to stop him, but I didn't. Uh, one, I am just a pacifist, and two, if your life is that pitiful and meaningless that you can't handle somebody else beside yourself or one of your good friends. Uh, to hold the title that represents the champion of the league, uh, so you're going to just take your ball and go home and be a little bitch about it, well, then that's fine. That's fine. Um, but I know.
2: And you and I went back and forth. Do do you cut a promo? Do you not cut a promo? Right. And it's almost – you said it, man, just better off to just take your title.
1: I think – yeah, I, I –
2: Go ahead, please. I want to hear what you have to say. I was
1: gonna say I I keep thinking about it and I haven't done it yet. Maybe I should just do it during the show. Uh, I think I'm gonna message Flamingo Flares and tell her that if she gets me the belt back, I will key her into my entire draft strategy. Then I can Yay. then I then I can cut a promo with the title underneath my hoodie, cut the promo, make it look like I'm crying, and then just unzip my sweatshirt and just be like, yeah, now what. Even Flamingo Flares agreed.
2: She's like, "Yeah, that's that's not right." And it's funny because he goes, "Read the rules." I go, "Well, your, your rules are contradicting each other because he tried to update the rules mid-season to say that you have to hand the title over at the beginning of the season, but also said you get to hold it to the end of next season." I was like, "Dude, come on! If you're going to at least cheat, cheat right." Yeah, no. It's a shady commissioner, and it's
1: worse than uh, William Regal in his heyday of Raw, dude. Yeah, right? Wow. Now, complete mark. You're taking the markishness to a whole nother another level. He's excited that he's in fourth place. Uh, I think my next uh, shot across the bow is going to be uh, a while back. I noticed on his personal page, not the IFW page, he posted a, it was like a, almost like a wanted poster, right? Like some pedophile got arrested or something. And, you know, he was basically saying, yeah, get his ass. Uh, I'm going to take that and I'm going to Photoshop his picture in. Uh, and then under Mark wanted, and and then under <laughs> under crimes, I'm gonna be like wanted for being a trick ass Mark, for being a Mark ass <laughs> trick.
2: <laughs> oh my God, he said something. And wait, first let me ask you, if you have a bad, is it chi or chai?
1: Chi, like yeah, it, like think. when it comes to your yeah
2: chi, chi. Thank you. He said he said in the video he goes going to get my chai back. Just oh, so that he, out he
1: must have been stopping at Starbucks to get a tea or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, oh, wait! Here's the best thing. Here's uh, the best
1: thing. If we're gonna if we're gonna air all this and get it out there, I want to add this little piece onto oh. it. When he stopped over before, and that's the thing, he pussyfooted around it. He pussyfooted around oh, that's it. right. He didn't, it's not like he pushed me and you know onto the ground and grabbed it and left. That would have been at least that would have been a little bit more respectable. He tried to play all nice and cute. I sent him home with cookies. Well, what's funny is just that. In
2: the video, it looks like he took the video and ran. Yeah. But then you see it cut out, and then you see him in his car. He goes, oh, I got her again. I got Kelly Kapowski. And I'm like, but what happened to the part where his wife gave you some fucking cookies? Because, yeah, we talked right after about this. We knew about. It. I knew what was going on. But I'm like, so you cut and made it look like you ran away with the title, but you really just sneakishly... Chotingly took the title, and that's okay. Because I want to let you all know something. If you guys don't know, what did you say? He's in fourth, fifth? Doesn't Fourth. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. As of right now, ODM, your undisputed, undefeated champion is in second place, and I, the professor, am in first place. So to the heal them, hurt me, eat it. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Heal me, heal me, junior. hurt them, hurt them. That's right. <laughs> Swole Junior, that's right. Swole Jr. Um, but hey, man, end of the day, bitches be bitches. Who's mm-hmm. laughing now? First and second place.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I did like what you said. You're like, and when I win the next title, and they say here you can hold it to the next draft. Nah, I'm good. Yep,
1: going and keep that. <laughs> Take your title. I might just spring you and buy pull my a own Shane title. Shane Douglas. Yeah,
2: dude, you be Shane Douglas, and this thing means absolutely nothing, and throw it to the ground. Well, what
1: I want to do is the Alundra Blaze thing, or I just show up and just drop it in a trash can. At the new draft.
2: Ooh. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about some weekly news because, hey, weekly things. WWE, if they weren't releasing people, they weren't, you know, doing their job for the week. (laughs) And that being said. Wow, here's some people that, the people that bring you to the dance sometimes, and there's main people I'm talking about, William Regal, Road Dog, and, well, I would say probably Samoa Joe is the other biggest name, yeah. uh, but William Regal and Road Dog are instrumental backstage with everything that they are doing when it comes to all backstage stuff. And this is, once again, just bleeding out the very last of what is left of the NXT and Triple H era. It's when Braun when Bron Steiner kicked that axe uh, through or whatever that whole thing was, he solidified right there that we are done with everything that was pre-NXT. And yep. now the only people who are really left is Champa and Dunn. I need both of them to get out of their contract, and I'll be happy. But they also got rid of Danny Burch, which they already got rid of, Oné Lorcan just a couple of months ago or something like that. So right. we kind of had a feeling that was happening. Timothy Thatcher, I don't care where you end up. Can't wait to watch you. Absolutely. Um, Ace Steel, which is in real life Chris Guy, but Ace Steel, good friend of CM Punk. Um, he was a part of the Second second City Saints back in the day. Who knows where he'll end up. Uh, Dave Kapoor, he used to be uh, the great Kali's manager. He's been doing uh, backstage stuff in Danger, another one who used to be in uh, Ring of Honor, but also working with the ladies backstage. So, yep, keep getting rid of everybody that you, you have. Uh, Hideki Suzuki. Oh, wait, you've been on TV Weekly, a part of Diamond Mine? See ya. Gabe Sapolsky, who is, I mean, if you talk about the original Ring of Honor and the guys who helped make a lot of these guys, that's your man. But Samoa Joe is the biggest one to me. And I have a theory about Samoa Joe. I want to get your take on something, but let me just hurry up and throw my theory on Joe. He only came back and wrestled one match. It mm-hmm. was to dethrone and Cross, so he could go to the main roster. And then all of a sudden he had a quote-unquote undisclosed injury. He's never mentioned being injured at all. I think they only did it for that. Remember, he was supposed to be Regal's right-hand man, and yep. all of a sudden he got the title. And then that was it. I think that's all it was the whole time. They just needed someone to get the title off. Carrying him to be credible or something. And that was it. They used him and they chewed him up and spit him out because this is now his second firing in under a year. So to me, and I already said it to you, the obvious, yeah, go to, go to AEW. I say that because Danielson and Punk are there. And that is some unfinished business in my eyes. I mean, Joe and Danielson were in WWE at the same time, but one was a GM and where they were on different brands, all different times. They never hooked up. WWE wouldn't have been smart enough to capitalize on that. I think Khan would be. So let me get your thoughts on all of these guys, everybody that was released.
1: Yeah, you know, we talk about yeah that AEW specifically as of late is in a position where you can't just sign anybody now. Yes, it's tempting because there's a lot of names out there, but you gotta be really selective. Some people you can bring in on a case by case basis, a one off, something like that. Let's focus on the big ones, right? Let's get the Briscoes in there. Let's solidify that tag team. If is gonna show up and the Hardy brothers are gonna reunite, let's get them in there. Uh Regal, I would love to see in a GM role. AEW could use somebody to kind of, you know, show that you're running stuff. <laughs> right?
2: Someone that's not Tony Khan. Yes, exactly. Where they go, and Tony Khan just made this announcement backstage. It's sometimes good to have that authority role. Even if Regal goes, I just talked to Tony Khan. It's someone that just has that voice.
1: It's an on-screen presence.
2: Yeah, yeah. But who knows how much he wants to do. I
1: mean, he's getting up there in age, too. Now, so uh, Tony Khan was recently on a podcast or a radio show. I don't remember which one it was. But basically... Uh, whoever was interviewing gave a very leading question, and it basically was like, "Oh, do you have any uh, signings planned?" And basically, what it's being is like a a big name signing from North America. So that North American thing, and he is said like weird. dream signing too. Yeah, so I don't know who that is. Um, but Joe obviously, even if Joe were to be doing some part time stuff. Just to show up and be like, like you said, I got some unfinished business, and he just takes care of a couple of people or just puts on banger matches, even if he loses. Who gives a shit? Let's get some good matches out of him because we know he can do it.
2: It's funny. Someone just put up a uh, a video. It was just like I don't know on Facebook or whatever, and it was it said Joe should have won the title just off this promo alone, and it was heading into WrestleMania season, and he walks out, Randy, I'll put you down and out to sleep, and they won't be out of nowhere. Goes up to Jeff Hardy, and Hardy goes to say something. He goes, this isn't an AA meeting, man. No one told you to talk. Goes through everybody, and then just goes over to AJ Styles. Hey, how's Wendy? (laughs) Uh, I forgot how good Joe really was in the last little bit when they let him just be that character, whatever it was. Because I'd never seen Joe ever be like that. Like It was kind of a weird, creepy thing. Oh, Wendy. But this shit worked because it was Samoa Joe, and I was fine with it.
1: Yeah, I I still my favorite is when he had his feud with Lesnar and he gets Heyman alone in the corner of the ring and he drops oh, him. That's still is just one of the most... Yeah, I bring it up all the time because it's so good.
2: No, I'm saying it's one of the best moments, too, that he had in WWE. Um, and we're going to be talking about Joe very much soon because in a, about two, three weeks from now, I think, uh, our top topic is going to be the Forgotten Era, which
1: is... NXT, because <laughs> now it's long forgotten. R.I.P. the 2.0. Yeah, R-I-P. dude, isn't it isn't it funny that Hunter, who's always been accused of burying people, has been buried about as deep as you can put him?
2: It's funny because there's some new news that's been coming out uh, about Ring of Honor. Uh, I'll just say it right now. Uh, they're going to be having a show, Supercard of Honor, WrestleMania weekend. They said they were going to take the first quarter off. That they did. But they let everybody go from contract. So what is your plan? And I did find it funny. Someone did some digging, and I guess Triple H's contract with WWE is, like, the contract that he has set up is, like, coming up in in 2022 at some point, I think. But it could have been a bullshit thing. I'm not going to give that a whole lot of uh, weight. But I don't see him going anywhere. But at the same point, yo, this dude is going to fucking, like... I don't want to say hang himself, but, like, you're killing him. You're literally killing him. Like, everything that he built. NXT was the greatest thing WWE had for about a good, solid five years. Oh, yeah. Easy. And it's funny because I saw a meme the other day. It said, let's all be honest. WWE hasn't really been good since John Cena went away. And I sat there going, Jesus, I don't want to admit it, but it's kind of around the same time that he went away that WWE really kind of did go downhill because when he was in a a consistent role – At least it was a watchable program, not because of him, but at least in that exact era. But at the time that he went, it's like they just they were just throwing in uh, the towel every week and just uh, did you read Freddie Prince's interview? No, I did not. So Freddie Prince Jr., he said that someone they that he knows who works with Fox was interviewing, doing some work with WWE and everything. And WWE was trying to get Fox to buy them. And it was such a ridiculous amount that they didn't even entertain it, but they kept them on with the show and whatever. But um, they are looking to get out of there. I, I'm telling you, man, this company is going to be gone like two oh, three yeah. years. How the fuck can you even live at this point right now? And I, from what I heard, I don't know the exact numbers, but I heard the Dynamite on TBS premiere was pretty good with rankings i heard like it uh are like over a million views for one night hey man it's a good start yeah not bad it's already better than i don't even know who's drawing in to watch how many people are watching raw if anybody's watching raw uh let's, let's talk about something on the other side of uh the world uh we'll talk about japan that's right new japan had their wrestle kingdom january 4th event as they always do This year was a three-night event. Um, I was wrong. I thought it was 4th, 5th, 6th. It was 4th, 5th, and then on the 8th, on Saturday, it was New Japan versus Noah. Um, And that just was what it was. It was just new versus old. But in the main event, Okada and Tanahashi went over. uh, Old school, basically. Kind of, you know, just cementing their place in history now and that they're the new wave going forward. But on night one... Former tag team partners Yo and Show opened up the show with a gra- uh, just an awesome match. I mean, like it grabbed your attention right off the bat. Good match, um, but Shibata came back. Katsuri, Katsuyori Shibata had his first match back, and he got in a little bit of trouble for this. So back when the what was it? The G1 climax. He had a five minute match with. Zack Sabre Jr. And it was just a grappling kind of match. It was a catch cam rules is what they said. But when he came out for this, they kept saying that's what this is. And then he got on the mic. And, you know, after translations finding out, he said, we're making this a real wrestling match between him and Ren Narita. I need you to look up Ren Narita. It is exactly Shibata in a smaller version. I mean, Haircut, mustache, and goatee, black trunks and boots, everything. They even go, and he looks a heck of a lot like him. At one point, when they were like grappling, like locked up, I go, I don't know who who's who right now at this exact second. It would have been like two Austins facing each other. You know what I mean? Like both exact same, just black trunks, black boots, right? You know. But anyway, he ended up making it a real wrestling match, and I guess people backstage were kind of scared because. You already know his injury back in 2017. This Uh-oh. is the guy that Okada and him head butted, and he had a uh, he he had a, a hemorrhage inside of his head. I, I they kept saying the right exact terminology, but you're the doc; you would know what it is a hem- hematuber sub- subdural, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Manitoba, um, and so he ended up having his real match. But it really only just had a couple extra kicks, and they still made it a, a grappling match. But he owned up and said, if they find me, whatever the case is, this is after I end up reading up on this. Uh, he's like, I, I went against their rules. Because if he had said to them backstage, I'm about to make this a real wrestling match, they would have said, nope, don't do it, don't do it. He went out and just kind of went into business for himself at Russell Kingdom. But the crowd went apeshit to see him. He only has so many matches left in him. He even admitted it. And this was yeah. a cool match because he was giving the rub to a young lion because that's what, that's what they're called there, the young lions. And it was a great match to watch. Um, Evil defeated Tamahiro Ishi for the never open weight title, and that title match always is the one that everybody beats living piss out of each other with. That's where you get your strongest men. That's where I actually first watched Ishi versus Shibata, and that I mean they just were trying to kick each other's heads off, uh, and then. In the uh, semi-final match of the night, you had El Desperado retaining the junior title against Hiromu Takahashi. And in the main event, Kazuchika Kata becomes IWGP champion one more time. And he comes to the ringside with the OG IWGP title. I'm like, here we go. Thank you. I appreciate this. And he lays it down, bows to it. And then says, I will accept the birth child of Cody's neck tattoo and the divas title around my waist. I go, Uh, what the shit? Why did you even bring it to the ring? For what reason? Like, you've been saying that this is the real title that matters, and then you still ended up wearing the butterfly thing. What? And I was like, okay, all right, that's fine. So, it horribly is, man. But then he's going to be going on for night two to face Will Ospreay, who is, he was world champion. And then he had to be put out of action for a little bit of time. That's how Shingo ended up becoming your champion. Uh, I actually have a newfound respect for Shingo Takagi. He can hang with, with Okada in the ring. Uh, night two, Minoru Suzuki. They had a four way match because in the pre-show of the first night, they had that huge battle Royal. Your final four participants are going to be facing off and the winner will be your King of pro wrestling. 2022, It was Chase Evans, uh, Toru Yano, Minoru Suzuki, and one other guy. I can't remember. And Suzuki is the one that ended up walking away with the win. I was really glad with that. I was like, if Toru Yano wins for the third year in a row, it's like the dynamite battle ring for uh, MJF. I was like, please don't give it to Yano again. Uh, In a match I did not expect that was going to be as good as it was, it was... Hiroshi Tanahashi winning the U.S. title from Kenta, it ended up being a no no DQ match from the night before because they faced off in like a six or eight man tag in the night one. And they just kept going at it out of the ring and then they ended up saying tomorrow night's match is going to be no DQ. And they brought tables, ladders, chairs, kendo sticks, trash cans, beat the shit out of each other. No one bled until... Kenta is at the top of the ladder like he's going to do a splash or something onto Tanahashi. Tanahashi shakes the ladder and he goes down. And I'm like 80% sure he broke his nose hitting the mat. Oh. It looked horrible. Another thing, they're ladders. Because why would you have a ladder just set up for use, right? You shouldn't have a ladder set up for someone to just climb, right? They're ladders. You set them up and you have to actually set up the side holding bars so that they stay in place, mm-hmm. that kind. And Kenta started bitching to the crowd, like, ah, da, 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 whatever he was saying, and the crowd started laughing. And I'm like, he's probably like, why do I have to do this? Whatever it was, the crowd started laughing. He's supposed to be the heel. But you have to put the ladder together. I found that very interesting with Japan. I just never noticed that before. Huh. I mean, you're it's it's in a triangle form, but if you want it to be sturdy, you have to put the side support bars on. That's interesting. Very weird. Yeah. Like, and I'm talking like screwing it in, like, like turning it. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, this is taking some time here. Yeah. I think there's better ways Stop to do again, it. I'm Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But then again, why would you have these things under the ring for people to use? You're not supposed to. It's wrestling. There you go. But in your main event match. Oh, no, no. Back up. I'm sorry. <sighs> Jeff Cobb had a great match against Naito. Uh, but he came up short. Naito ended up getting the win. And I thought Jeff Cobb was going to get the rub. But he was actually injured from the night before. He worked on a real bad knee. And I didn't know it until they said it. And I went back and I go, oh, yeah, he really was kind of limping a lot. And I thought he was working. But no, he was actually in pain from the night before. And he actually ended up bleeding towards the end of the match. Decent match. But match of the week, uh, of the, but not weekend, but match of the uh, three nights, of course. Kazuchika Okada retains against Will Ospreay. Dude, I thought Osprey was going to win. I really <laughs> thought he was going to get the rub. And he said in an interview afterwards, you guys saw what I did out there. And I'm this good now. And think about how young I am. I guess he's like six, seven years younger than Okada. he's like, if I'm this good right now, I'm going to be main eventing every one of your Wrestle Kingdoms. I'm not going anywhere. I was like, oh, shit. So it was interesting to watch. I like it. I think he's he's your new Gaijin. You know what I mean? You had Kenny Omega. You had AJ Styles. And he's the one running with it. And he can go. He gave Okada a great run for his money. Man, no one can throw a dropkick like Okada. The absolute best in the business. Absolutely. It's picture perfect. It's a thing of beauty. Yep. Now, we keep talking about the forbidden door. AEW's the one that's basically doing it. And WWE is hurting so bad because they've released so many fucking wrestlers, especially in the women's division, they don't even have enough to fill an actual Royal Rumble. So to the point that they've brought back both Bellas and and they even announce it on Raw or no, SmackDown. Impact Knockouts Champion Mickey James, whom you just sent packing with a fucking garbage bag earlier this year, am I the only one that remembers that? No. <laughs> Money talks, but um, people are like, "Oh, this is the this is the new Forbidden Door." No, no, no. This is a one-off. They are so short on fucking wrestlers, they can't fill it. That's why they're not having anybody else.
1: But I. There, I did hear Moose is calling out Roman Reigns a bit. Yeah, there, there's there been some rumors on uh, Twitter today, some speculation, nothing more than that. Uh, Russell votes, I kind of reported it, but uh, the, I saw another article that Tony Khan's been in talks with uh, Johnny Ace about some kind of oh my working God, relationship. And then there, Roman there Roman. is uh, some rumors that there is another potential forbidden door to be opened with WWE and the Rumble. And it did not specify men's or women's, but it sounds like there might be something else, too. Now, maybe it's just chatter to get more people to watch it. I'm going to watch the rumble because it's (laughs) because it's the rumble. You know, all things aside, I'm going to watch it.
2: Should we do our yearly watch along?
1: No, because I want to devote all my time to watching it and picking it apart. So when we talk about it the next night, we can shit all over it. That's fair. Yeah, it's true. Last year
2: was kind of fun, though, when Edge won. Uh, it was so yeah well
1: that's because they had the 4k actually, uh, the 4k cameras that we kept flipping out about oh my
2: god that's right also Kevin Owens had Roman reigns handcuffed <laughs> laying on his back for 45 minutes in a no or in a last man standing match somehow he still lost um but the forbidden door is still just being I, I we gotta find a better word for that Foreboding. um Forboden. but Matt Taven. Michael Bennett, the OGK from Ring of Honor. They show up with Vincent, who is Taven's old partner in the kingdom, but also his biggest foe as of recent when it came to the end of Ring of Honor. Maria Kanellis and PCO. And PCO has been away for quite some time. All five of them show up at Impacts Hard to Kill and just wreak havoc and beat the living shit out of everybody. You know, we talked about the EC3 uh, free the narrative thing, and you could go anywhere you want. These guys are kind of doing it, but they are also under... They're not under Ring of Honor contracts, because they were all technically released or whatever, but I just don't know where all this is going with Ring of Honor. I'm kind of confused. Like, what's about to happen? Are they being bought out? Is Super Card of Honor... Like, how are you going to fulfill a card when you don't even have anybody under contract? But... I guess you could also be that. You're a place where you come to, where people who are want to be contractual just come to do certain events. I don't know. It's interesting to me. But those guys there together, that's that's even better. I like Vincent. Vincent's funny man. He does like every time he does like a a knockdown on someone, he does this weird back and forth (laughs) dance with his hands in the air, shaking. He's just he's a funny guy. Um, And then Charlie Haas. Debuts at the Impact tapings Yeesh. yesterday before our taping, only to be stretchered out. And it was actually a part of—it's not a storyline. It was a real thing that happened to him. But it was a part of the invasion thing where those same Ring of Honor guys came and did a beatdown. But this time, Charlie Haas stretchered out on his first night at tapings. Okay, ACL. I like Charlie. So he's going to be out. Was it really? Yep. Jesus. So Uh, he's probably done. Yep. And the most important news of the week—I'm sure you couldn't wait for me to say this out loud. Yeah. I waited for you to take a sip of your drink. Boo. (laughs) Has anybody noticed that the new Marco stunt of Jurassic Express is Christian Cage? Yep. Like he's basically just taken over that role. He's even on their holiday shirt. Uh. But even more so. I mean, we know what happened with them this past week we'll get to that, but Marco Stunt said if you are wondering why he's been away from TV, hey, Marco, I I haven't I haven't wondered. I've been grateful,
1: but not wondering.
2: But not even worried. But Mr. Stunt apparently is trying out for the voice. Oh my God. I can't wait to see what this is about because I can only imagine. Because, you know, when everybody gets on American Idol, The Voice, they got a story. My mama was a crackhead. My daddy sucked dick for marijuana. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, I was going back to one of our older movies, but it was a Bob Saget throwback. (laughs) I didn't think so, man. Um, But what's his sob story? I'm four foot three, and I couldn't make it in the wrestling business, so I'm going to try singing? <laughs> what the
1: yeah, fuck? I I really don't know. Yeah, I basically saw something where they said his contract's likely not to be renewed. So I'm hoping this is like the, gen- like the genesis, the rebirth. And I don't want to say rebirth to AEW, but really where it starts to come into its own because Tony's going to have to start making some decisions, like some people that ain- aren't coming back. And Marco Stunt should be one of them.
2: Well, and that's kind of bouncing off of last week, talking about um, who is the one that... uh, Oh, we named someone after him. Swole. Uh, Swole. I mean, dude, the only thing I remembered you doing was having a horrible uh, cinematic match in a doctor's office. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I was fine with that. Much of the same that the only... Ever positive thing I remember about Marco Stunt was being pretty much murdered by Brody Lee, which was fun to watch. And when he first entered into like one of those battle royals, and he started doing like the toothpick dance or whatever it's called, and Bully Ray just beat the living shit out of him and threw him out of the out of the ring. And I think like he was even thrown by his hair or picked up by yeah, he was. So basically, what I'm saying is he's done nothing. Adios.
1: Yep, good riddance. Deuces.
2: Now, speaking of AEW, did we or did we not say, so of course this one's going to go 60 minutes because why else would you have judges at the ringside? And Adam Page, you know, two weeks ago even made the, the statement, yeah, we'll get a couple of old timers, some paychecks to have them be by ringside. And damn, they really didn't disappoint in that exact terminology. So, uh, Mark Henry, Paul White, and Jerry Lynn are your judges at ringside. He was dead on with that. I actually think you want to make it well, nah, because then there's bias with real wrestlers and people who have feuds and don't. I'm like, you should have guys who are really wrestlers too. But I guess if they're real wrestlers, that's fine. Um But I anticipated going an hour and it went just under I think forty something minutes, I think, maybe forty five minutes. Both of them bled uncontrollably. Like I was shocked, and I was like, well, welcome to the TBS era, baby. I'm not saying that we're into the blood era and we can go back to, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that they made a statement with that match opening up TBS for the first time. I I think so. What are your thoughts on that match?
1: Absolutely. There's a, a picture circulating of Brian after the match. uh looking a little oh blood God, all over backstage. his face and he looks like he's severely concussed. Now that's something that I want to be very careful about saying that, because I'm not saying that he is concussed in that photo. That's what it looks like. No, he just looks out of it. Yeah. But it's, but, but, you but know, a lot of people, photography,
2: if you take a bunch of snaps at once, you could get that right, right picture. Exactly.
1: So. so a lot of people are speculating, Oh, he's out of it. I mean, you gotta be very careful because you don't know unless you were back there in context and we're talking to him, that could just be an, uh, it's happened to all of us. So everybody pumped the brakes. But yeah, this is awesome. This is what we want. This is what we want. It Danielson doesn't need the title. You can put it on him at some point, and I'm sure you can make something out of it. But mm-hmm. you don't need it. Put Page over. Let him get. Let him get some.
2: I gotta be honest. I who the. F- I did not see Danielson's first loss coming to Adam Page, ever. I thought it was going to be something way beyond that. And I read an interview that Conan had said, you know, you wait in, he goes, I, I like how they're pushing the younger talent. They're making new stars. And he goes, and while I do like Hangman Page, I don't think he's your guy to be carrying the strap. Fair and, enough. And I agreed for a little bit, but the 60-minute match, I go, oh, man, Page can go. I mean, it was it's not an easy task to go 60 minutes with Brian Danielson. No. We've seen him do it many times in Ring of Honor. We, we watched him do it in that greatest Royal Rumble match where he his chest was basically all blood by the end of it yeah he went like an hour and eight minute you know he'll go with the the longest and the best of them it showed page can go this match showed pages complete different other side that I was like wow man I and when he hit the buckshot and he pinned him I go can't be mad I can't be mad I just don't know who's gonna dethrone him because it's got to be a heel in it I, I don't want to say MJF, but is it too early for MJF? And I, oh, let's throw that debate in there. Is MJF too early to get a title?
1: Man, I, it, it's tough because I want him to be a champion. But yeah, I, I think it's too early. Let's not rush it. He's already saying he wants a shot at the title. All right. Well, he's got to get through this thing with Punk first. So sure. the, I guess to me, the bigger question is do you rush it after punk or do you kind of go through some more stuff cuz there's the whole wardlow thing and when him and wardlow split and they start their feud wardlow's not going to win the title and do you really want to see punk or uh, mjf versus wardlow for the title i mean the, the, okay. there's potential for good so, matches hang on there. i'm
2: with you on that i'm with you on that so even before he becomes a champion do you remember the time that he Tried to, or he had his one on one match for the world title. It was against John Moxley at yeah, one yeah, of the pay yeah. per views. Came up short. Yeah. And we were like, good, because it's not time to give him that title. What if Moxley comes back oh. and goes full blown heel? He's back, hungry, takes the title from Page. Remember, before he left, he was having like five minute matches beating the shit out of people and leaving.
1: Yeah, true.
2: You could pick up where he left off. And then. I'm not saying you want to use his demons against him, but if he is a heel champion or whatever, and at time, let's say eventually he becomes a face if he ends up having to go against the likes of an MJF, who better to throw that? The one person that would ever get away with it could be an MJF to do the right feud with that, and then he takes the title. I'm talking like a year or two down the road, whatever the case is. I don't think MJF needs a title anytime soon.
1: No, it, it, it's almost at this point you just got to put it on somebody that can carry it. I, I mean, and that's why I would say... It I just don't think it's Cage it for the whole year. Don't, no, no, Danielson would be good. Punk, I would pass on. Um, if Omega comes back, you could always put it back on him. If Mox comes back, you can put it on him. Um, you know, uh, Christian Cage, I think what that's if it a was far fetch for me.
2: Oh, fuck, no. Please, no. Um, what about a heel Punk?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. That's tough. It's just because to it's me it's not it's not about Punk getting the title. I mean, listen, I mean, I, we'd probably all pop like a motherfucker and you know we could carry it. Sure. You know we could carry it and then anybody that he puts over, he's putting them over. So maybe you revisit Punk MJF down the line. Maybe, True. you know, you know.
2: I'm just saying that when when he was the champion, those were some of the best matches WWE had produced. They weren't even putting him on last in the pay-per-views, but when he was the world champion, Ziggler, uh, Kane, he made matches out of fucking Kane. Him and Bryan, uh, or Daniel Bryan had some matches. Him and John Cena, they were watchable, great world title matches. Even The Rock, you know, all those matches that he had. So you put him in the main event match with a world title around his waist, I think he could carry some great matches. Yeah, I agree. It's not his time. I just don't know who's going to dethrone page. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no. It's going to be very interesting because so, I really had my chips all in on Danielson.
1: Yeah, so here's my fantasy booking. You get Heel Moxley comes back, takes the belt off Paige. Punk versus Moxley. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wow. Punk, wow. Punk takes the title. Wow. Yeah, Punk takes the title. MJF circles back around. Punk versus MJF for the title. MJF wins. That's a year from now.
2: And even more so, do you know what would be great while Moxley could be heel? Who sits side by side with him is an excellent heel. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, yeah. Get to even do another Kingston and Punk match in the middle of there somewhere too.
1: Yeah. Mm. There you go.
2: Look at us. Look at – you see the smoke coming (laughs) from all of us? Now, speaking of Punk and MJF, dude, I love – a good little swerve. I had a feeling of what was going to happen maybe only like a m- minor like or like just one second right before they did it, man. So MJF is about to face Captain Sean Dean. So, And they keep putting over the fact that it's the new year. Everybody's at zero and zero. New records. It's a new year. And they keep saying it. And Shivani goes, oh, I'd love to see this guy just get his ass kicked. And they, he keeps putting over. He's like, I don't like this guy. And because it's new to TBS, you got to hit hard in case it is a brand new audience, right? Sure. As soon as the bell rings, these guys barely circle. Punk comes running down, slides in the ring, MJF powders. And then Punk turns and gives a kick to Sean Dean's stomach and a GTS. And as soon as he does it, you hear the bell ring, and he's holding his ear, pointing at it, and... And MJF is like, what the hell? And you hear, winner by disqualif- disqualification, Captain Sean Dean, because it's like he helped MJF. So MJF is now 0-1 in the beginning of the year. Punk gets on the mic and says, this is your this is your life. Until you face me, you're going to lose every match. This is what happens from here on out until you finally face me. And you know the promo I'm about to talk about, but dear God, this was fantastic. Fantastic. So MJF goes, why did you get so butthurt that I, I mentioned Roddy Piper? He goes, and basically he ends up saying, the difference between you and Piper, Piper main evented at WrestleMania. Here we are. It's the second time the word WrestleMania has been announced on AEW. Danielson did it, and now uh, MJF is doing it. Of course, him and Punker keep going back and forth about WWE, and I want to get into that in a second, how people are like, you shouldn't be mentioning it, but but we'll get there. And MJF says, maybe I'll go main event one myself. Maybe I'll go main event at WrestleMania. And I want to make sure I get this word for word. I got it. Punk said, all I want to do is kick your ass. But believe me, if you think the pasture is so greener over on the other side, please, by all means, go main event night four Of a buy one, get one free extravaganza. Because remember, it's not a pay-per-view. They're they're live premium events now. Dude, he goes, and I'll still be here to kick your ass. Oh, my God. I marked. I marked the fuck out. I am so happy. I see on Punk's back. Dude, the happiness you saw all out, it hasn't stopped, man. It hasn't subsided, dude. This has been, like, the greatest, like, ever since August 20th, I've been so into wrestling again because of Punk. And it's not just because of, that's my guy, but... It's make everybody was like, well, was he the guy or was he just the best at the time? I don't know, man. On the stick, nobody can really touch him. He is the most entertaining on the mic. doesn't matter what he does. He he knows how to get into the audience and get in their heads and get them happy. So absolutely. What did you think of that promo? I loved it.
1: It's fantastic. These two are are meant for each other. They can go back and forth for a while. And I like that they're not rushing it. It seems like they're keeping the pace. So every week there's a new twist, there's a new turn, and you're just excited to see this pop off. Again, man, I I could see it being where, you know, I I don't think the worst thing in the world... you you let. It's easy to say you should let MJF win because he's the up-and-comer and you want Punk to put him over. But I say you get a good match out of it, Punk wins, and you can circle back later, maybe when Punk has the title or a title, and... MJF mm-hmm. can take it from him. So I loved it.
2: I you, I, I did see that uh, in an interview, Punk was asked, would you be interested in being a trio with Darby Allin and Sting more? And he said, absolutely. Or he, he said, something like, fuck yes, Like was his immediate <laughs> answer or something like that. And I'm like, if they ever brought it, like, because they always call them trios match. I like that. It's not a six-man tag. It's a trios match. I kind of like that terminology just a little bit better because um, you could use it for both men and women. Because they always say that. It's a six-man tag for all the women here in the ring. It's like not a six-ladies yeah, tag, you know? Right. So it's a trios. Uh, it's 2022. Move forward. Anyways. <laughs> uh, not that I'd want to see a trios tag team championship, but just seeing those guys tag together was already great enough for me. Um, but... People are like, well, why do you have to keep mentioning WWE? It means you can't get past it. No, it's acknowledging it that it's real, okay? WWE is the ones that don't acknowledge real shit. They act like nothing exists outside of WWE world, when in fact it does. So I'm glad they're bringing it up because it's real. It makes it real, and people are like, oh, it's only going to draw more attention to WWE. Does it? (laughs) Yeah. I think the more that you keep dropping that name... People see that, and then it's going to draw WWE fans over to AEW. Be like, wait, they're mentioning that over there. What's going on? Absolutely. Can't be wrong. And MJF ends the promo. Yeah, you guys want it? You guys want to see it? You want to see it? Fine. Next week, CM Punk versus, and he even puts his thumb right to his own chest. Wardlow! And I knew he was going to say Wardlow. I, I was like, it's either going to be Sean Spears or Wardlow. I could put money on it. And he says Wardlow. For me... I'm already excited because Punk just cost him a match. So you know he's going to cost Punk a match. And I have Wardlow in our draft. Speaking of, Wardlow has his weekly powerbomb squash. There's more (laughs) points to me in the
1: next match. (laughs) Uh... Was there any doubt?
2: You called this. You actually called it, I think, that Jade Cargill with her undefeated streak, they weren't going to have her lose. Yeah, that was a bummer. Cargill is your TBS champion. And I got to be honest with you. I'm okay with it because she's if right you have a have face. W- exactly. But, you, but for multiple reasons, she's hated people think she's green and I think she's okay. She's better than uh, uh swole. swole yeah. I think, um, but she's been undefeated. You can't be shocked. Here's something I have an issue with. I'm not sure if you caught it. <clears throat> have you seen any of the, comments or tweets or anybody saying the only reason she got this was because of what Big Swole's comments were about diversity. Oh, bullshit. I don't buy that for one second. Thank you. That's Thank you. I said that when this tournament was put together in order, I had it as Ruby Soho, Jade Cargill, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. And the only reason Thunder Rosa was my uh, is because I like her. But I was like, ah, she's more of a f- women's title contender. But we always knew yes. it was going to be Ruby. And we always knew it was going to be Jade. There was never a fucking doubt. And and here's the thing. If you have the face, Ruby win it, then it's just her defying the odds all the time and winning, right? And facing all the heels. And we're seeing that enough in every other way. It's best to have a heel champion. We always say that because you want the underdog to win it. So now Ruby can try and try and try to win the title. And if she does, that's when you're happy about that's it. That's what perfect. I'll be happy about. Jade's yeah. the right one to win.
1: Yep. It's Perfect. Let's hope so.
2: Now, let me ask you, in the main event, do you have any of the uh, four combatants that were in the tag title match? Do you have any of them in our uh, draft?
1: Uh, I have two of them, <laughs> yeah. I got Jungle Boy and uh, yeah, I have Ray Phoenix.
2: Oh, so you broke even in that match. That's cool. You, I mean, point-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, no. I. Got but, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> but we thought it was a break. Luckily, it was a dislocation of the elbow. I didn't know your elbow could bend all the way back like that, and it wasn't considered a full-blown break. How is that? Because you know what it is, man. With all the crazy-ass moves and everything that Phoenix does, he's of course he's probably double-jointed, and you could bend your elbow all the way backwards like that. When I saw it, I was like, his arm had, I thought his arm was going to be laying next to him. You know what I mean? Like, just right. completely detached from his body. That's how bad it looked ugly was he trying to stop himself from being hurt
1: on the ground like like protect his fall yeah maybe he just took a bad i mean because i mean it's almost like a, a backdrop right you put your arms out and uh but yeah. and then it was you know and that's the fucked up thing of all the ways that he'd get injured He didn't think it would be by just taking a a power uh a choke slam off the apron into a table but come on huh that's as close to.
2: Come on, we've been saying how long is it going to be until the die? If do die. So I'm mean, like. I didn't have dislocation on the.
1: Yeah, yeah, I didn't have dislocation <laughs> did on it. I did not have that, that on bitch, my radar at all. That, that bitch arm dead.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I was like, just pop it back in place like uh lethal weapon. Yeah, right. So Rampage on Friday. Adam Cole defeats Jake Atlas, who was recently signed by AEW. And I think Jake Atlas ends up getting himself injured as well. Yeah. Yep um hook another guy i have is on our draft send hook hey, can you explain that to me
1: who cares it sounds cool apart, like the
2: mo- okay i just didn't <laughs> understand what send hook means i just didn't know where it came from i didn't know if it had to do with like captain hook or like peter pan shit but even back when punk goes he was like i'll face powerhouse Hobbs. i'll face starks send hook that's exactly how he said it to taz Um, I just don't understand it. But he defeats Aaron Solo, keeping his streak alive. But did you hear what the crowd was chanting? No. We are hookers. We are hookers. I fucking love it. I don't care. I love it because I have him in the draft. I got the people who are squashing people and not losing anytime soon. I got Braun. I got Wardlow. I got Hook. Hey, man. Maybe I'm gonna get the title and do the same thing. Just Maybe. drop it down on the ground. I'm gonna put it hey. into the trash. Oh my god, I'll put it in the trash. And then we put it into a video where all of a sudden it drops and it's in your hands and you be like, but I still have it all. Anyway. Ruby Soho and Riho end up defeating Britt Baker and Jamie Hader. Starting to see a little dissension with Baker and Jamie Hayter, which is good. I like that. You know, that's it's a good way to build up characters. You don't want to always be that follower all the time. You gotta break away and I'm good with that Absolutely Build her up In a badass Badass street fight Eddie Kingston Santana and Ortiz Defeat Daniel Garcia In 2.0 That was another thing By the way Uh, Overcrew What is his issue He's like Fuck Danny Garcia He's like For whatever he did And I'm like He he got screwed At some uh, local event Or something I guess Yeah I'm like Did did Garcia not put you over
1: Oh Maybe you (laughs) should Maybe you should have Taken your belt And went home Tiger queen
2: Do you think he was like, look, you can pin me for the title, but I still get to take it home. (laughs) All right, and then.
0: uh,
1: (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, more. Once a mark, always a mark.
2: (laughs) Battle of the belts. Oh, Cody contracted COVID, so he's out. And uh, we end up putting in Dustin Rose, because, yeah, one Rose to another. For the interim title okay uh, i hate uh, the uh, fact that they did interim let me ask you have you ever seen the movie uh glen Gary glen ross
1: no i know which one you're talking about though all
2: right but there's a part he's like and i just kept thinking he goes what is the what is the point of an interim relationship the only thing i'm in is either all in or not and as you said and i kept thinking i'm like what the fuck is the point of an interim champion till cody comes back two weeks later and he's done with this get him back but I think he was supposed to pass the title off to Sammy because uh, the Go Big Show yeah. is something that he's got to be uh, filming with, uh, who was the one that was, uh, Rosa, no, what was her name that was in uh, Clerks? She, she.
1: Oh, Rosario Dawson, Dawson, yeah.
2: Yeah, so they did, uh, they got to go film that stuff. And something like, I think he was supposed to hand the title over anyway. It's just weird. It makes sense. But I'm sense. like, are we going to keep calling him Interim? Interim. Uh, Ricky Starks retained the FTW title versus Matt Sydal. One of the funniest things, it looks like he gets hit in the dick, and he, op- he like, holds himself there, checking himself. Ref comes over, goes, are you okay? Ricky Starks opens his trunks, looks down, and goes, we're okay, and goes back to fighting Matt Sydal. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make that shit up, guys. All right. But in the main event match... That's right. I was just on a fucking streak with AEW because I got Britt Baker and no Riho lost. Britt Baker defends and retains her women's title. So I never, ever put in when I talk about Dynamite or what's happening tonight. You know, we're tonight we're getting CM Punk and Wardlow. That's the only thing that we have announced. But I never, ever put in where it's coming from or what state or city, right? But I found it very interesting that this is in Raleigh, North Carolina, and there's been way too many Jeff Hardy rumors and stuff. I'm just saying, okay? I don't even know. When did he get let go? Has it been 30 days? Maybe he has enough money he's going to pay the fine. I don't know, man, but fuck it. Just go over there. Show up tonight. Because I don't know if if you'll ever, uh, you weren't watching. In 2010, TNA said, we're going head-to-head with Monday Night Raw on uh, on Monday nights on whatever channel they were doing at that time. Right. And that was the night that Bret Hart made his return and hugged Shawn Michaels in the ring. Oh, uh, yeah. And on that night, not only do you have all the NWO guys showing up in Impact and everything, but in the first match, which was like a one of their Asylum of Steel matches or whatever, Jeff Hardy comes out of the crowd and just climbs the top and just sits at the top of it and just sits there just chilling. And he had just left WWE a couple of weeks before that, losing the title to CM Punk at SummerSlam. I'm just saying, after everything we've talked about, if he shows up tonight on Dynamite in North Carolina, it would have been like a Flair showed up there. Yeah. I'm just saying. And uh, it's that time of the week. Last week, it did a really bad segue. This week, I'm going to try it again. Let's bring something to the table. <laughs> just
0: bring it, bitch.
2: Yeah, last week I uh, I wasn't really happy with, hey, how about we hit the music for Monday Night Wars? <laughs> hey, dear God. Hit the Monday <laughs> All music. Right, man. Yeah, why don't you just do it?
1: All right, hey man, what do you got bringing to the table this week? All right, well, I I just want to bring up Dark Side of the Ring, Season 3, Part 2. I've seen the first half, uh, that's where you had the Brian Pillman episode. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff in the first half of the season. The second half of the season has not hit Hulu yet, and I've been constantly checking, trying to find ways to watch it. I haven't seen any, actually, I think I've seen the Canyon episode. That one was really sad, Mm. really good though. Very, yeah, very, um, yeah sad. very sad um but uh yeah so i i checked hulu the other day and i got uh, overly excited for a second because i saw the episode show up but it then it has a little disclaimer that says upcoming i'm like you twats so i checked yesterday and it says it's gonna be on saturday at 3 a.m so i think by the time you're up on saturday these episodes should be on hulu season three part two had the plane ride from hell so actually yes i've seen that one too uh, the double like- last
2: one, man. Oh my God. I love that. And I'm so glad that we actually sat and talked about that one last season. Cause that was just so crazy. Everything from the haircut to Flair yeah, right. to everything. I mean, this obviously that's the episode that has literally like done everything to Flair. And I love that Flair's is like screw WWE for uh, not really acknowledging me anymore. He's trying to fight with them on everything for the man, the, this, everything like that. I'm like, dude, like at end of the day, you literally screwed yourself. You got caught. Just live with it, man. You haven't even apologized yet.
1: Yeah, right. He haven't apologized. Yeah, he had that half-assed <laughs> statement he put out. So, uh, Playing Ride from Hell, Double Life of Chris Canyon, Blood and Wire, which is about Onita's FMW. Uh, yep, the uh, Bikers, Bombs, and Bedlam, the J- Johnny nine episode. Uh, you got the Luna Vashon episode. You've got the Extreme and Obscene Rob Black's XPW, which is basically wrestling mixed with porn. And there's a Rochester connection there. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a guy I know had talked about it. He actually, I think, ran into him not too long ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, so there's that. And then, the, honestly, the one that I really wanted to watch, the steroid trials. I, I haven't seen that one yet. I really, really want to see that. So, uh, uh, you know, by next time we record, I should. Oh have seen Oh my
2: that. god! I don't think I watched the steroid trial one. Yeah, yet.
1: that's the one I'm most interested in. The Luna Vachan one too, but
2: I didn't. Luna was a, Ooh, man. You already I know, heard, it, yeah. She had bipolar yeah, disorder. Yeah, I heard so, it was. I mean, rough. it was, it was a rough one to watch, man. But also, just think about the manic person that you're dealing with backstage. You know, and, and I don't mean just like a manic and anybody who is uh, dealing with bipolar disorder. That you're a manic. I'm just saying that she was like, if you're getting ready for a match and you're getting things ready and you go from like zero to a hundred in a second, it's difficult to deal with when you're about to go out in front of thousands of people and perform. So it was. Very. That was a rough episode to watch, man. Um, But why? I got to go back and watch the steroid trials. Thanks for bringing that up. Hey, I'm going to watch it this Saturday. We'll bring it up next week. There you go. But my bring it to the table of the week, everyone, we are so close, close. We are 11 and a half episodes away from our 100th episode. The 100th episode is on the way. And when we get there, it's episode 14. We're in number two. If that makes sense. But, what else be 12 and a half? Anyway, <laughs> I fucking suck it, man. Carry no! the three. Anyway,
0: <laughs>
2: carry, I forgot to carry that. But, if you guys just share any one of our episodes, any one of our posts, anything at all, you are entered into our drawing. And there is going to be a big giveaway. That's right. The first ever official non-cease-and-desist logo t-shirt <laughs> of the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I feel like on the back we should write something like the non-cease-and-desist version. <laughs> so that is something to come. Uh, I hope you guys do share as many episodes as you can uh, or anything that you want to, again, on any one of your platforms, whether it be uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you email it to a friend, I don't care. Let us know, but tag us. But... You can also find every one of these shows on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: fucking Nightwing is back! Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Eh?
2: It's Nightwing.
0: Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit! Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Glad you guys are still listening. And I'm going to start this year off right here with some bold predictions. I got three of them for you. First of all, the first one is not that bold because I've kind of been saying it for a while, but we're going to have Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania for the title of the Tribal Chief. Of course, if you know much about the NOA uh, family, you know that that's not too bold and whatever. It works with storylines. My second prediction is gonna be that Will Osprey will have a US televised match somewhere. This year, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I just got that good feeling. And my last is that Cody Rhodes is actually going to take a little bit more of a back seat in AEW. I think that him being the face for it for a while has done the company well, but I think he's going to start letting some of those talents start becoming actual homegrowns and doing their own thing. So that's all I got for you this week, guys. Have a good day.
2: Sorry Nightwing, I got a little excited there. I just I saw that you were next on the docket and I was like, I haven't talked to this guy in a while and I'm so glad to hear that you started the year off the right way, man. Some 2022 predictions. We I mean, we try to predict things as much as we can here on a weekly basis.
1: We've done pretty good. Um,
2: but I like a good Yeah, we and I think we've all done pretty decent. Okay. You did get bloodline. And I th- was actually worried when you said, here are my 2022 predictions. I thought it was all going to be about Roman, Jay, Tamina. No, anyway. <laughs> you made some really good ones. The one thing I will say. All right, I got to go back on your uh, Will Ospreay to wrestle in the U.S. television. Unless it's on Access TV under a New Japan thing, from what I heard in his interview the other day, I think he's staying pretty solid in New Japan. Um, unless they do a forbidden door, like you just said. Dude, what if... Oh, my God. What if Will Ospreay came to the fucking Royal Rumble? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... There could be some possibilities if they're really looking to get some exposure for that one night only. But Ospreay said he's staying in Japan. Yep. But I'd like... Hey, if you get that right, Nightwing, I'll give it to you, man. That's awesome. Cody Rose taking a back seat. That uh, To quote one of my favorite Buddy Holly songs, That'll be the day that I die. Um... I did read a funny thing about Cody. He said the dumbest thing he feels like he's ever done in AEW was setting his fucking ass on fire. (laughs) Good call. Uh, Yeah. But he said the reason is, and when you really think about it, that's a no DQ match, a street fight. He said that when you have those matches in WWE or anywhere else, it's always, it's still the same fluff and butter. It's the same shit that you are always seeing of everybody fighting maybe a chair right you want to end this person that's the whole reason you're in this kind of feud so you should up the game and do something crazy and he goes and that's why I want it to be something memorable he goes much like my steel cage match with Wardlow and you know where he, he does that flip okay we do have a really good visual of you setting yourself on fire <laughs> thanks I guess I don't know I guess it's better than Brandy Rose doing a promo uh, um, yeah,
1: seriously.
2: Did that is that did that happen last week or was that this week?
1: Uh, wasn't it last week where she like confronted uh Dan Lambert? Yeah. That's right. Oh, that was so goddamn cringe. It
2: was all right. Um, uh, but I am gonna get to the main meat and potatoes of what you brought up there, Nightwing. Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. I'd love to see it. I don't know where they're going with this whole Brock Lesnar thing, though, is the issue. Um, I think it would be great, especially with the whole head of the table. I think if you, and especially with the whole family lineage, if you wait all the way to WrestleMania 39, it's going to almost be too oh yeah, uh, overdone or drawn out. So you need to pull the trigger with The Rock right now. It's funny because I read a a statement that said Seth Rollins was the one that was supposed to win the title at day one. Yeah,
1: I saw that as well.
2: And so if he was supposed to, Brock had no... Look, they already just got back on SmackDown. Roman was already back, and they're already back to feuding again. I'm like, so he didn't even need to win that title. He didn't even need to be a part of the finish. You could have did anything in the world. All the guys beat the shit out of him and throw... Everything on top of him, there, fine, done. Match over, Seth Rollins wins. Yep. But at the same point, what was it going to be? Seth Rollins versus Big E? Yeah.
1: Who the fuck knows Seth Rollins versus Lashley? It's going to be one premium live event. It's going to be something, all right.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? We are heading into the real Royal Rumble season, but... 25 years ago, we were also heading into the Royal Rumble season, and it was the go-home show for Raw. Let's get back in the DeLorean. Marty,
1: you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes
2: or something? Give me a hell Yeah! yeah! you want a war, you're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the
0: Battle Lions have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW
2: tonight! Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! I yeah, Spending my days working hard on the go. Hey, hey, it's the Monday Night Wars. Come on, man, you knew
1: it had to come. <laughs> Eventually.
2: Well, it's funny, though, is that anytime I see Road Dogg or Jeff Jarrett, I think of that song. And this week, who opens up raw but road dog himself but not as the road dog i don't think i don't know do you want to explain to people what we got to see in the opening parts of uh <laughs> raw this week it's
1: uh sean michaels in san antonio preparing for uh the royal rumble event and uh he's sitting there talk well he's standing there talking with road dog and at first i was like is that road dog yeah that's road dog and they're just sitting there talking and i'm like what's like what's in his hand i'm like what is he doing and like he's signing an autograph for road dog okay he must be friends with tiger He's a fucking Mark. Welcome to the logo. (laughs) As we say on this show, once a Mark, always a Mark.
2: (laughs) Dude. Oh, my God. I saw it and I was like, well, I think I found our logo for the week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the episode name.
2: (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. I was like, nah, it's got to just look like, no, no, that's, that's, that's Jesse James. All right. Cool. All right. Did you see what he was saying to Michael's? He goes, look, man, most of these days I spend my days. I work hard on the go, but, you know.
1: All right. So what happened on Raw this week? (laughs) Okay. So we got that, and we got basically a little promo package for uh, for Sid and HBK and Brett versus Austin. Uh, Opens up with a very odd tag match. It was Triple H and Jerry Lawler versus Mero and Goldust. New music for Triple H. I think I might actually mention that last week. Oh, we got Honky Tonk. And Goldust
2: is now face.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird combo. Well, that and it feels like Marrow's kind of starting to turn heel, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, I'm with you. Yep. uh, Honky Tonk's on commentary against, uh, mentions he's going to be looking for his protege at the Rumble, which would make sense. Uh, Imagine that when they actually have a sensical comment in there. It's so rare. Um, We get Honky Tonk on commentary for most of the night. Triple H and Lawler win in some weird DQ. At some point, Goldust just started attacking Marrow and then he powdered, and then the ref called for the bell, and it was a DQ. It was really weird. Yep. So It was there all, was,
2: I, I didn't even realize the match had ended. I go, what, what, huh? Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. Um, I love listening to honky-tonk on commentary. Mr. McMahon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's funny because it was kind of outdated at the time, but especially seeing Honkia uh, doing so much on The Independence now, it, it's it's kind of cool to see him back because he's not the over-the-top character. It's just his voice. He's got that accent, and so, you know, it, yep. it, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, except- So
2: there is one thing I want to say. Uh, we haven't really gotten to discuss a whole lot just yet when it comes to what our... Uh, what? What? Obviously, we already know what we're doing this season, but you know, I always say I like to let you know maybe where I was, what was going on, things like that. This uh, honky tonk thing goes on for several months, and in April they are going to be in Rochester, New York. At this time in '97, it was a pay per view called Revenge of the Taker. I'm on this several times, and I can't wait for you to find me my nice little bowl cut. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to put in the time for that one. I'm going to rewatch it and single you out. I'm going to get some screenshots. It might be our episode cover. Um, Oh, believe me. There's some good (laughs) ones. There's me yelling
2: at Owen and the bulldog. It's amazing. Oh, good stuff. Uh, But with that being said, this honky tonk protege thing goes on for quite some time. And since you don't know who it ends up being, I won't spoil it. Oh, I know who it is.
1: Uh, it, It Who? No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, come on now. Um, all right. So uh, next we get uh, Bulldog versus Rocky Maivia. Uh, Natalia – oh, I'm sorry. I mean uh, Bret Hart music uh, starts to play. And uh, <laughs> just a, it, it came out when I was doing the notes. Um, it's uh, So we get uh, – I'm sorry, Bret Hart coming to the ring. Uh, he's going to be on commentary. Uh, he's limping. Uh, Austin attacked him with a chair, pillmanized uh, – his knee, his leg, uh, on Superstars. The on previous Superstars. Night. Yep.
2: I love it that they're sh- like it made you have to watch the other episodes Absolutely. or the other shows that they had because back in the day, most people probably thought Raw was it, but no, I, I was a very big fan of Superstars, and I remember that happening. So that was uh, when they showed that, I was like, good, I
1: like that. Yeah, same thing with WCW Saturday Night, and we're starting to get that now with Rampage and Dynamite, so it's good. You got to watch both shows yeah, to kind of keep up on it. Uh, Brett's dressed like a waiter some la restaurant
2: yo it was a weird yeah okay i was like what the fuck is he wearing right here he had his hair pulled back he, yeah he looked like a major d <laughs> yeah
1: yeah pretty much yeah um yeah so uh crowd brett the hitman major d <laughs> oh jesus boo <laughs> uh yeah <Boo. laughs> <laughs> Uh, crowds actually chanting for Rocky and Brett puts them over a little bit, so that's good. Uh, they would get a recap of Shotgun Saturday and uh, Marrow and Sable get into an argument. Marrow's kind of being a dick and Sable's doing the over dramatic crying. Uh, then Honky Tonk comes to the ring to try to kick it to Sable. Then Rocky comes in to get him away, and then Marrow starts going after Rocky. So very interesting. Uh,
2: well, and. Yeah, eh, spoiler alert,
1: but through time
2: we're going to see him become more and more jealous as he's he's going on. I remember him turning heel, but I don't remember uh, him being this jealous of her this early. I thought it was always like probably almost like beginning or middle of 98. I didn't anticipate it being this early, but I'm like... Oh, so he's just a jealous guy all the time. All right. Right around the implants. He, he was probably pushing everybody around backstage until it was Brock Lesnar. He's like, take
1: her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You win. Yup. <Yeah. laughs> <Yep. laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So Owen comes to the ring and it's funny because he just takes a slammy award and he slams it on the commentary desk right in front of Brett and he just sits there and looks at him like he's keeping an eye on him. It was great. It was great. And Brett's just staring at him and he's the kinda, whole time. Yep, and uh, at and, and one point, Bulldog actually reaches over the ropes and kind of, like, motions to him, like, starts talking shit to Brett, and Owen turns around, he's like, don't worry, I got him. It was really just like, it's mm-hmm. the little things, man. It's the little things. Subtle. Yeah, man. Yep. Um, So, yeah, so pretty much uh, Austin and Rocky go out, to, uh, they, they tumble to the outside of the ring, Bulldog slams Rocky into the guardrail, kind of puts him down for a little bit, and then Austin comes and takes Bulldog's knee out. Uh Brett's trying to tell Owen, "Yo, he's hurt. You got it. Austin's out there and Owen's trying to stop him." Uh, Austin gets a couple <laughs> licks in and powders to the back. Uh Owen and Brett chase him off. Uh and then Rocky's able to get into the ring right before the 10 count and win by count out. So, not bad, but it doesn't make Bulldog look bad. Rocky gets a win. Uh you further the storyline, uh which obviously it's not just the Brett Austin storyline. It's the Owen Bulldog and Brett storyline as well.
2: I did not realize again that this is something that they started planting seeds way early. I just thought that Brett and uh, Owen and Bulldog all kind of rehooked up right after the WrestleMania 13 thing after the double swerve. I was like, I think that's they got that's when they all became, you know, back together and everything. I'm like, I didn't realize they were dropping little hints. They both just chased after Austin together. I did not remember that. And I was like, "Oh, after him staring at him for like a solid 15 minutes.
1: <laughs> Not breaking <laughs> right. character.
2: Owen did a great job, man.
1: Oh, absolutely. Always does. Uh, so uh, they're teasing the main event's going to be Taker versus Crush. We got a promo from Nation of, Na- Nation of Domination backstage. Um, spotted a couple NWO shirts in the crowd. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Nation is coming to the ring, uh, Taker just goes out and just levels for Rook and Crush. Uh, match jump starts. Um, Eventually, uh, as Va- as Vader, <laughs> as Taker is going for the choke slam, Nation interferes and Vader, who has a match coming up uh, against Taker, uh, joins the fray. They all jump him. We get two Vader bombs onto Taker, uh, for uh, Farouk Ahmed Johnson comes out with a two x four, able to get a couple shots in on Farouk, but ultimately the Nation takes over and uh, they go after his kidney with the two x four, and that's how we go off the air. Horrible ending. Horrible, horrible, horrible ending, ending horrible I, ending, and not a lot of furthering for the go home show for the Royal Rumble. They barely talked about the right? Rumble at all.
2: Like, yeah, they mainly focused on Sid and Sean nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, the interview that Sean did,
1: oh, from the bar later,
2: <laughs> uh, from yeah, where everybody's standing around him. I don't know if you caught it, man. He was heavily reading some cue cards. He kept putting his eyes left, then back to the camera, left, back to the camera. I was like. Dude, you're clearly reading it, or unless you're just checking yourself in the monitor. I don't know what it was, because I've seen Rocky do that in the ring in his later years. When Rocky faced John Cena at WrestleMania, he kept catching himself on the cameras and looking at himself. And I'm like, I, I that always bothered me. Um, but yeah, either way, just not a good ending to Raw. I wasn't really a fan of it because they didn't push at all to rumble. I'm not saying you got to do the old or the thing that WWE does now where they're like the rumbles this Sunday. Oh my God, everybody's in the ring and throwing each other out. That's done and cliche. Right. We're done past that. But it, like you said, it just didn't leave us much of a uh, want for the pay-per-view except it, unless you're really into Michaels and uh, Sid or Taker and Vader, which brings me to my next point. I don't know how heavily you watched this era. If ever, like even later in life, whatever. But I was very, very invested in this. Starting this Sunday, shit is going to get nutty. I forgot how nutty all this gets with matches, pay-per-views, title matches. It just—it's a never-ending saga. It's gonna be just so weird to watch. It's so much. Yeah. So just be interested. Just be ready for that. It's a
1: good time. It's a good time to review it. I'm
2: ready for it. Um. Yeah, and that's how they go off the air. Now, Nitro begins with
1: Giant just walking right into the uh,
2: NWO locker room, just looking to beat everybody's ass. I loved it.
1: Calling uh, Hogan a coward. Uh, Basically, Hogan's not going to put up the title on the line uh, against the Giant that sold out. So Giant goes in there, starts calling Hogan a coward. Really good playing off of that. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, that was a nice little hot start. Uh, instead of just reviewing what's coming up at the pay-per-view, they they went with some action, and it was good. It pulled you right in. Uh, and it makes the next match, I guess, a little bit more tolerable because you had a hot open. Uh, we get El Generico. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, um, L- JL uh, versus Chavo Guerrero, and uh, Chavo wins. It really is just the El um, Generico gimmick.
2: <laughs> no, it totally is. He even did, like, the finger point in the air. Um I do gotta say something, this is kind of a uh like I don't want to admit it and I'm going to, but it's kinda of funny. So sold out. If you don't remember, it's spelled S O U L E D. And I was like even back in the day I was like, That's weird. It took me to being thirty eight years old to go, Oh, like you're selling out your soul. Sold out oh yeah.
1: It's pun for that the whole family.
2: Yeah, well, that, that's what I was putting together throughout the uh, El Generico-Chavo-Guerrero match. I was like, oh, that's what that means. The whole time I was just sitting there contemplating that. I barely watched that match. My <laughs> mind was just fucking blown.
1: <laughs> yeah, so not much there for the opening match, but that's not uncommon.
0: <clears throat>
1: so uh, next we get uh, we got scheduled, Jim Duggan versus Super Calo. Uh, it starts with Gene on the ramp with Duggan. Duggan just talking about how after, uh, and we noticed it last week, Duggan had actually taken the WCW flag from one of the fans. Uh, He said he's now going to be carrying that instead of the Stars and Stripes. And they do the... And the tape in his crotch. Yeah, (laughs) let's hope so. Uh, And uh, we get the Oscars again. Uh, Duggan's music starts playing before he's even done saying what he's saying. And he tries to squeeze it in there, and basically he calls out Sting. So he gets in the ring, and Kahlo's music hits. Uh, but Sting just comes out and death drops him. Fucking great. It takes <laughs> Fucking off. great. And takes off. Um, and Zabisco's basically just, you know, basically saying, yeah, Sting's part of the NWO now. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like is while Duggan did definitely sell it afterwards, he also didn't because he still got up and did the whole thumbs up walk around the ring and ho. And then he grabbed his head again. It was like, Jesus Christ, dude, just whimper off into the night for God's sake. Uh, Choose
2: one, either you're hurt or not, buddy Yeah,
1: right, exactly, <laughs> kayfabe pal uh, Next we get Sergeant Craig Pittman Versus Jericho, it was a squash, Jericho won In like two minutes uh, And then after that we had another squash, it was High Voltage Versus Harlem Heat, guess who won that one uh, We get some uh, High Voltage, we get a merch spot For uh, Sold Out uh, And then we get uh, Bischoff, DiBiase And Vincent come out and they had to commentary um, <laughs> Zabisco Mentions what the hell does he say? Zabisco goes, You know, the executive company's going to be coming soon. Before you know it, you're going to be mowing Vern Gagne's lawn again. I was like, Not many people in that era would have understood <laughs> exactly. that joke. We get it now.
2: And it's almost like Zabisco did it more for him and the himself. boys backstage. Because yeah, back exactly. then, who would have fucking known that? Exactly. It was awesome.
1: It was just great. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, uh, Bischoff and DiBiase calling Sting. Yeah, that's our guy. That's our guy. And then we get like a Sting video package just about, you know, the mysterious nature as of late and with the, with the whole crow thing going on.
2: And how he always uh, or how he's turning on people. Yep. And he keeps like scorpion death dropping people. Yep. But here's my thing. He's only doing it to guys who are calling him out. Rick Steiner was like, you asshole. Blah, blah, blah. Drops him. Hacksaw. You're being a little wishy-washy. Drops them Here's an idea. Don't talk shit about them.
1: <laughs> there you go. Good call. Uh, next, uh, probably uh, one of the segments of the night, I'd have to say. And it was one of those things that I didn't know it was coming until a certain point. And then I said, oh. This is it. Same here. Now, we didn't say this.
2: This show right now, Nitro, is emulating from the Superdome. Yeah, where they did WrestleMania. This is in the Superdome. Now, they probably tape it off half or a good chunk of it, whatever the case could be. But this was in
1: New Orleans.
2: Go ahead. Please talk about the second.
1: All right, so it's a squash match. We got DDP versus Mark Star, Bischoff, and DiBiase claiming DDP is with the NWO right after the whole Sting thing. And this was a squash. I mean, this was a short, short, short match. Uh, Right after the win, Hall and Nash come out to the ring, and you can see Hall has a shirt with him. You can guess what kind of shirt it is. Um, They get in the ring, and DDP hugs Kevin Nash. He takes the shirt, he puts it on. Scott Hall slaps him up, and as he's about to pull away, DDP just pulls him in and diamond cutters him. The pop. The, the WCW mm-hmm. pops. You know what the biggest pops have been in WWF? Undertaker's Gong. Those have been the biggest yeah. pops. Dude, every other couple weeks we get a pop like this from WCW. And
2: it's always off of the diamond cutter. People always oh, love where yeah. it comes out of nowhere. Not, not to even just you know uh, take the trademark for Randy Orton, but that really was the original out of nowhere when it came to that RKO, diamond cutter, whatever you want to do it, because that was, that was DDPs. Um, And you just said it too. I didn't know what it was until I was in the moment going, Oh my God, that's this moment. And I referenced this to you off air. If people, if you ever watched the resurrection of Jake, the snake Roberts and, or just watch the video, you could YouTube it. DDP, for quite some time in his accountability crib had been taking care of Jake, getting him better. And they got a word from, I think they actually said from X-Pac that Hall is not doing well thinking about killing himself. And they call Hall and he's like, I'm drinking vodka for breakfast every day. And he's like, don't do that. Come on down to the accountability crib. I'll take care of you brother. And Hall, you know, just in the state of mind, he was in, you know what I mean? It's, you know, it's almost like a, I wouldn't say like a alcoholic kind of Alzheimer's, but you know what I'm saying? Like your, your memory's not is whatever. And you're not in the moment or whatever. And he goes, he goes, man, do you remember the time that me and Kevin put you over in the dome in new Orleans? And he goes, I'm forever grateful for that moment. That's the moment that made me brother. And after watching it, I had a brand new fond respect even more for that, even just the, for that pop, but. Nation Hall made that pop happen extremely hard. They really made DDP go from all this time he's been a heel. He's never been a face or a heel or never never been a face in any reason. But when you take down Scott Hall, you just solidified you are WCW and you're on the good guy team right there. And the crowd went nuts and he leaves through the crowd with the NWO shirt on. Oh my God. What a moment. I love it. And If you have not watched it, I'm sure you have, but if you haven't watched it in a long time, watch it in its real time, how it happens, just the pop like you're talking about. Hearing that dome erupt was fucking nuts.
1: He went from heel to face in a tenth of a second from out of nowhere uh, <laughs> that'd be sarcastic dude that. for real
2: out of nowhere he just banged. and the crowd was like we love you yep. like everyone went nuts he, for he it. was oh, he was getting cheers
1: before so it was the right move sure. it was the right time because the crowd was behind him he was still heelish people would cheer him and he would go to shake their hand and he'd back off like he was still playing the heel but he was still getting a lot of pops especially for the diamond cutter so yeah man it was well and here's the thing. Everybody talks about at
2: WrestleMania 13, which is going to be coming up for us soon in this, you know, real soon. Everybody talks about your double turn, right? But watch the Rumble this Sunday. The dome or the San Antonio uh, Alamo dome there. They're cheering the shit out of Austin. This is the one where he's sitting in the corner checking his watch, being like, just bring the next person out. I got all day. And the crowd was liking him then, right? And it's, just that, it's that building just like DDP, right? they pulled the trigger just a touch earlier with DDP versus, you know, Austin with WWE, but oh my god, I was so happy to see the moment. Like you said, as soon as you're in it, I was like Mark Star, eh. but they kept talking about it and even when Bischoff goes he's NWO, I thought that was later down the road too. I thought that was at least mid-97, maybe more when he begins this feud with Macho Man. Nope, this early. Great to see. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see the Macho Man soon too. So there's that. Yeah, because we haven't seen him in quite some time. We have not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. So let's see here. Uh, We got another uh, sold-out promo. This one's from the Outsiders. Uh, They're cutting a promo on the Steiners, who they'll be facing there. Uh, Next, we get Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, They're talking about the WCW Executive Committee. Uh, They're across the street, uh, apparently in a conference room, (laughs) and they're uh, coming over to make an announcement on Hogan defending the title or not. Uh, Malenko wins when Guerrero is distracted by 6 Woohoo! <clears throat> uh, we hit hour two. Super Kalo gets his match finally. Uh, he takes on Conan, and guess who wins that one? Uh, next, this is w- another really good part of the night. There's a lot of shit that I wish would have went different, and I feel like there's some things they could have done better, but there's still some, you know, some good stuff there. We're, we're, it's more dissension for... Uh, the horseman. Uh, we get the match that we're supposed Ooh, to
2: get. You're right. This was one of the best parts of that. Yeah. Holy shit. Until you just mentioned it. Wow. A lot unfolded
1: in one Not giant long. segment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so it, we're getting the match we were supposed to get last week. It's Benoit versus uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we get, uh, we, we get a, a, a videotape promo from Sullivan. He's got a chessboard in front of him. And he's making an allegory about chess. And then he just knocks all the pieces off. So, yeah. Sullivan. Uh we've got <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. Sullivan. <laughs> um we've got Arn Anderson, Mongo, and Deborah are at ringside, obviously as his woman. Um at one point uh Jarrett's against the ropes. Ref is on the other side of the ring being distracted by Arn Anderson. Mongo grabs the back of Jeff Jarrett's uh tights. Singlet. Singlet, yep, yeah. thank you. Uh, and he's trying to get the briefcase from Deborah, who's resisting, giving him a hard time. He finally has to let go of Jarrett, grab the briefcase with two hands, rip it out of her hands, and he just immediately swings. And at that point, it's Benoit that he hits. And the whole time, deborah has got this shit-eating grin and commentary puts it over. She wanted him to hit Benoit, that fucking... Mm-hmm. You can put in the beep there. That to make Jezebel. It like I said the word, that Jezebel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so uh, and obviously, you know, Jeff Jarrett just falls on Benoit, and gets the pin one, two, three. Debra's smiling from ear to ear, arms pissed, Mongo's pissed, obviously Benoit's pissed, woman's pissed, and uh, yeah, so uh, we get the horseman on the ramp uh, with Mean me and Gene, and Benoit says, "You know what? We're gonna resolve this right here, right now." Uh, Benoit says, "Mongo, hey, listen, you know, you know, you're you're an All Pro player." You know, you, you, you want to be part of the horseman. You want to be part of the elite team. You need to stop fumbling the ball. Sports talk, right? Uh, Benoit calls out Deborah. And, Go sports. And you see woman is a real woman. There's no silicone. There's no fakeness. There's no talking. No latent. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was
2: fucking awesome. And the whole time, woman is burning oh, her my eyes God. through Deborah. It was so awesome. I was watching, I go, oh, I miss woman, dude. Like, the more we keep watching all of her stuff, like, we loved how much she fucked with Mean me Gene, right, last year. That was fun to watch. Now, shit's getting serious. Even at ringside, while Benoit's fighting Jarrett, she's clapping and she goes, come on, honey, come on. Honey? Holy shit, this just took a turn. You know, because, I mean, it was just the woman that was there and she was your valet. And now, now that Sullivan's put all the... <laughs> chess pieces on the table in his own version, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's all of them. Now it's real love, and you hear how he is defending her. Deborah. you're nothing, man, and this is all woman, head to toe. I was like, yo, this is probably one of the best promos I think I had ever heard of Chris Benoit up to this point while watching all of Nitro. I mean, he's been good, but how he was talking, defending woman, but also talking about how Mongo, yeah, the fumble, or, you know, it all –
1: Great job. I thought Benoit knocked it out of the park with his whole promo. Absolutely. And it doesn't even stop there. Nope. And and Arn basically is just frustrated because he's like, what the fuck's going on? Because Flair's not there. Arn's in control. And there is no control. So, yeah, we're definitely teasing that.
2: Oh, hang on. I got something I got to say. Got something I got to say. I'm a little bit over. Uh, I, I liked it the first night. The Glock. The Glock was funny the first yeah, time. Barra did it Making jokes him. about his one thing. Now he keeps reaching. The other day, when Dustin versus Sammy Guevara, yeah. I don't know if you caught this, but Fuego del Sol, del Sol gets involved, and he pretends like he's going in for his Glock. And I was like, uh, and it, it, like obviously, what are you going to be like uh, Grand Torino and just finger point at guys? You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I was like, that's it's kind of weird. Get in the car. Uh, I don't know. I just think the Glock thing has just gone a touch too far. That's. I just want to throw that in there.
1: Okay, fair enough. He still was badass yeah. though back Sorry. in '97. So.
2: Oh, no, yeah, no, he was fine there. Now, I do want to bring up another thing. Were you going to mention about what Deborah's little promo
1: was in this whole piece, too? I tried to forget it, because you know what my note is? Deborah speaks yet again for some reason.
2: Oh, okay, all right. Now, I am appalled that y'all think that I would want anything to be done to Chris Benoit, all the horseman. Yeah. I love y'all, something like that. know. pretty much. And I started thinking to myself,
1: what's that? No, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah,
2: that's all. Oh, thank you. Okay. Or it could have been, I'm made of plastic, y'all, and they only want me here because I'm eye candy and Mongo's a dumb man. But anyway, with that being said, she ends up being in WWE with Jared at some point. When does that all switch out? Because now I'm over here going... She just did that, but I don't know how long she stays with Mongo. I actually forgot that she even existed in WCW for a good chunk of change. So the fact that she's here, I'm like, well, when does this whole switch out happen? So I wonder if that'll happen soon.
1: Well, uh, at some point, she ditches Mongo and goes for Austin. So,
2: (laughs) You know what's funny is that
1: Austin, enjoy my wife. Eh? Eh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Angle said to Jarrett, Jarrett. Enjoy my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> CM Punk said to everybody, everybody, enjoy my <laughs> sloppy seconds. All right. All right, what else happened on Nitro? Sure. Oh, but back to my point of yeah, this whole thing. Never. This is getting awesome because Arn's like, Rick Flair, he's at home and he's sick about the whole situation. You know, is this when the horseman starts to really break up?
1: Pretty much, because I don't think there's much of an iteration left after this, other than when Flair comes back after his hiatus, when he gets into it. The the, Which I'm is a, the tuxedo I'm fired. ceremony thing, right? No, it's the, I'm already so that, fired. Yeah.
2: Right, and everybody's all tuxed up except at for first. Flair. Flair has, but Dean yeah. Malenko is a part of the Four yes. Horsemen at that time. Yes,
1: you're absolutely correct.
2: So. Man. I don't know how this all plays out, if Mongo's getting kicked out. I'm actually, I didn't pay attention to, I, again, I was a WWF guy. I would dabble with Nitro in commercials, go back and forth, but I really, I was watching the NWO stuff, you know, you were really into the right. main parts. When it was Four Horsemen, I was like, yeah, they've been on WCW for years, fuck it, and I wasn't really paying attention to even really see what happened, so I'm actually curious how this all plays out, especially with Deborah, y'all.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think she's going to fall down the flight of stairs like we want her to, but that's a different story altogether. Uh, All right. So next we get uh, Billy Kidman versus Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs still using the American Males music, and it gets worse each and every time I hear it. Uh, Riggs wins with. uh, I have a prediction. It's a spoiler production, but go ahead. Finish your rigs and, and everything. Go ahead. Okay, rigs rigs <laughs> wins with uh, I forget what they call it, but it's basically a perfect plex, uh, which is Bagwell's finisher. and Bagwell's on the mm. ramp with uh, he's he's starting to don the big hat. He's the hat, the hat yep. starting to come in. Um, and he's just... yeah, it's
2: it, it's only a little bit right now. He <laughs> becomes Abe Lincoln down the road. Did you say Abe Lincoln? God, I knew you were gonna do it, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, what a heck. You got a nice show. pair of boobs. Um but God, I don't even know where the fuck we just went with this. Oh
1: Um Kidman and Riggs, Riggs
2: won. First, Kidman. Did anybody check this dude's license? <laughs> he looked like he was fourteen in this match, man. Every match. Second of all. Yeah, that's true. Um God, you really threw me off with that. Um, Kidman versus I uh, Riggs. Who's he facing? <laughs> Riggs, fucking chicken nuggets. Anyway, Riggs. Riggs. When he comes out to the ring, he's starting to do this thing where he comes out and it's almost like Jesus on the cross, but his fists are closed and his arms are out. Who does that remind you of? Scott Hall. Nope. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. He's going to start being the Bible man. No, no. he Raven. Uh, oh, you talking Riggs. about Kidman. I, I was still thinking about Riggs. Oh, no, I am talking about Riggs. Oh. Riggs came out with his arms out like this, mm-hmm. and he was doing it. arms. Out, and I'm saying like this, like Eric might see. I'm saying like Jesus on the cross, but his, his fists were closed. And it looked like when Raven does that. Right. And Riggs ends up being in the Raven's flock. Mm. Is this like a prelude? Just wondering when Raven's coming in. You know, we're starting to, you know, it's not like we're really spoiling anything. Like, people are like, oh, I didn't know he worked in WCW. I'm just more wondering when that's going to happen because when he put his arms out, I go, shit, that looks a lot like that. And he ends up being in there, but he's also drifting away from Buff Daddy. That's the other thing. Uh, Marcus Bagwell goes, because, you know, I'm buff, baby. I'm like, oh, now we're already into into the buff phase. Yay. Oh, boy. Yeah. I like it better when he was Marcus Alexander. (laughs) Yeah. I was happier when his mom wasn't there.
1: <laughs> no?
2: All right. Did you ever know that he was on a... Uh, no, yeah, no, I'm with you. Did you Did you ever know that he was on like one of those uh, Showtime late night shows and he was like a gigolo? I think the show was called Gigolos.
1: That's hilarious. Look
2: into that. Buff Bagwell was a gigolo. All right. I'm
1: going to pass on He's that.
2: just a gigolo and everybody knows... He's the one they call Buff Daddy. You're welcome. That was on the fly. Oh, wow. Jesus. Okay. We ready? Boo. Ready to move? Boo. <laughs> I don't, dude. <laughs> I don't even know, man. You mentioned some weird things and I got all confused. So you were talking about the hat, Abe Lincoln. We're off and
1: running. Go. L- loud noises. Uh, next, we get Luger versus Rick Fuller. Uh, tall dude. Tall looking dude. Uh, it's a squash. There's a, uh, as he's leaving, slapping everybody up, Giant comes walking out, and they kind of stop, do the stare down, they kind of just walk by each other. I did like that. I did like that. They had a history together. Yep. Giants obviously turning. They just phase. had the match at at
2: Starcade mm-hmm. as well, just like what three weeks prior. Mm-hmm. But him being out of the NWO, it's like okay, all right, we're not. Uh, I guess we don't have to come to blows right now, and they just stare each other down and then just walk on by. I dug it. Dude, and I think even Zabisco goes. Wow, look at the giant and the shape he's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. lean but ripped, man. He was. I was like, God. I'm like, it's funny to watch him like that. And then, like in 2006, he's like 590 pounds. You know what I mean? Like he's like way bigger than he should be, and he got that diet. 2008 comes back slim, looking like he is in 97. Here, it's just the the ebbs and flows of his body. But it's almost he, like this zeal is probably turns. one of the best shapes. Yeah, oh my god. Oh my god. Do you think every heel turn has a different look? Oh my god. Hey, tonight we're going to turn you face at the beginning of the show, but at the end we're going to uh turn you heel. All right, how about you shave my head? Done!
1: <laughs> Done! <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Giant comes in the ring. He's with Gene. He just cuts a promo on Hogan. Uh, next, we get Arn Anderson versus Rick Steiner. Uh, basically, Arn apparently looks like a bitch in this match, and I don't like it because basically his whole thing is, where are the horsemen? Why aren't they here? And he gets out of the ring and actually is like, what the fuck? Why aren't they here? And he just leaves and goes to the back. Uh, they do mention uh, that there's apparently an argument backstage uh, between the horsemen, but they never go to it. So like I said, this whole thing kind of just fell flat. Um, jeans with the Steiners afterwards, and we we get our best Scott Steiner promo. Uh, um, just loud noises. Um, just cutting promo on the Outsiders. And uh, they also get played off like the Oscars for running too long.
2: Uh, well, and- I think there's a reason behind <clears throat> this. And you're going to notice it in the main event. Um, I think they were really strapped for time. Arn, what can you do? How about I go out there and I look like a bitch and I go, where's all my team and everybody at? And then, Scott Hall, start saying your thing, but we're going to play the music in the background. Because if you were to start watching the match in real time on Nitro and they were ending at, what was it, 10 o'clock at that point? Yeah, they they were only two, yeah. They started this match at like 9.56. Yeah. So no room to play. So, yeah, tell me what happens. Yeah, so basically, we get. By the way, I hate to say this. If you guys in the background or anybody are listening can hear the squeak toy, it's my dog, but it's the best (laughs) way you can keep her calm. It's barks or squeaks. It's the best I can give you here on the Top of Wrestling podcast.
1: I didn't hear the squeak, so that's cool. Um, Okay, all right. So, we get Hogan versus the Giant. Uh, and the whole time they're mentioning, oh, we've got it, we're, we're close to 10 p.m., and uh, we're gonna have to cut to the new adventures of Robin Hood. Uh, but during the commercial break, we'll come right back to this. So, yeah, so uh, in reality, I don't know how close they actually got to that or how much they overlapped. Uh, but basically, it was Hogan versus the Giant, and it was exactly what you thought it would be Hogan powdered. He did a lot of outside the ring shit, considering a, what a time crunch they were on. So I'm surprised.
2: The powder lasted to the technical ten o'clock time. Yeah, I was
1: like, absolutely. No, he
2: hasn't. No one's even thrown a
1: punch. He was. He was just uh, talking a lot of shit, standing near Debiassi. Yep, yep, pretty much. Uh, Giant gets a hold of him. They tease the choke slam. Uh, what I did like the, how the, how they teased the choke slam. It was get him. Hogan like pokes him in the eye. Giant gets it back on. Kicks him in the shin. Gets it back on him, and then basically just what you expect. The whole NWO comes in. It's a schmoz. It's mm-hmm. a DQ, and we go off the air. You get Vincent, Stang, Nash, Hall. Stang. Everybody comes out to jump in.
2: Um, And it's funny because, again, uh, I definitely did not watch this one live when I was younger. Uh, I, Man, watching most of even Raw, I think it was all brand new to me, all this stuff. Um, I might have skipped that week, and it's funny because it is, I was just sitting there thinking, if I was a fucking wrestling fan, wait, hold on, hold on, you're starting a world title match, and you're going to make me watch Robin <laughs> Hood, Adventure Tales, or whatever the fuck it the is, new adventures and I'm Hood. only going to get to watch this on its commercial breaks, and yo, they did not one, but two of those. Two! That's like watching 20 minutes of a TV show you could give two fucks about to watch a wrestling match. I was like, oh, man. I would have been like, fuck it. I'll find out next week what happened. <laughs> That's horrible. But you were in the Dome, and you have money. So maybe you had, uh, or not the Dome, like it was the Georgia Dome, but I'm sorry. You were in the Superdome. You got money. You got room to play. And if you could do that kind of shit, because you own the network, and you're in Ted Turner's ear, fuck it. Go with it. Because... The alternative was watching, at that exact moment, Taker getting jumped by the nation, Ahmed coming to the save, oh, no, nope, no, nope. he gets his <laughs> oh, ass kicked. No.
1: Are you bleeding? Yeah, you're bleeding.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're bleeding. <laughs> Where's my money, man? So it. Uh, I, I think Nitro put on a better show because of DDP, uh, at least even the anticipation to watch in the world title match. It was that, or you watch Crush vs. Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like, it, in actuality, if you're watching it nowadays and it was live, you know damn well what you would be choosing. Bischoff was smart. I got to be honest, man. They did a good job with their segments. And that Horseman segment you're talking about. That was pretty much the beginning of 9 o'clock. That was the beginning of the hour. So yep. when they're sitting there talking about, and they're having Goldust and Marrow versus Lawler and Triple H for some odd, stupid reason, and then one turns on the other, you're damn right it's better to watch that. Or maybe it was the DDP segment. What? what no, DDP. Uh, which one started the hour?
1: Uh, Hour two would have been The Horseman. Um, DDP it was, was okay, before then was that right. Right. Yeah DDP was before that
2: But tell me That doesn't keep you Intrigued into the show too If you were watching You put DDP doing that Shit Do I transfer Dude, over You the heard Raw the pop right now? You
1: heard the pop The TV yeah. probably Ain't gonna be much different
2: I wouldn't even I wouldn't have changed it If I was yeah. watching live Back in the day You know no. it's, it's I just I really like going back And seeing who produced A better show And at which hour Which time frame You know segments Who was doing what And Bischoff was doing a better job. Speaking of, you have his 83 weeks podcast. (laughs) Did you hear that Tony Khan said there should be a documentary called 72 to 1? Meaning dynamite to NXT. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what he was alluding to. 72 to 1.
1: Jesus. I don't think it was 72 to 1. NXT definitely had more than one
2: week. I think it was more sarcasm than anything. Oh, okay. It was uh, it, I I I just found that pretty funny. So yeah, now we are you know that's a wrap up for this week's Monday Night Wars. Next week we have of course the following week, but of normal. But we have the fallout from everything that happened with the Royal Rumble. This is where your quote unquote winner is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Quote unquote. I love this rumble because it was one of the first ones that you were like that's not right that's 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 cheating man it's great i loved it next week we are back with our top topic and the top topic i had to up it up man i, I thought i was going to do 25 matches don't worry hey you, you can do the normal so 50. much yeah at least yeah, it wasn't 50 no no i i went to the top 30 matches of 2021 the reason being there were just a couple that I was like, ah, oh, that was just that one. It was that good, too. And what would I edge out? And I didn't want to edge out. And I said, 30 is a nice round number because it's our show. Yes. All right. But we have our newest segment for season four. This is something that's going to be new. Today is probably going to be one of the shorter versions of this segment. And generally, you know, we talk all wrestling on this show. But as you know, we like to bring you good wrestling and good flicks so this is our very first time doing it in season four where we're going to chat up our movie of the week
1: well we decided to start with a fun one I mean why not why not get serious and just dive into it ultimately it's just because it's something that I have basically committed to memory so I feel like I can speak on it with no notes we also and we also figure that it's
2: if we're gonna open the segment this way it's a segment that you can't refuse
1: too soon too much no that wasn't too bad that was all right that was all right I'm not Thank gonna you. boo it Thank but you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the golf clap it was all right golf clap. <laughs> All right. Please go on. Leave the commentary. Take the cannoli. (laughs) See, there you go. Anyway, if you haven't picked up on it by now, we're talking about The Godfather. And I'm going to say The Godfather Saga, The Godfather Trilogy, if you want. Um, uh, Godfather 1 and 2 are my two favorite movies of all time. They're equally great for different reasons. And I think we'll get into that a little bit. But I'm going to let you start. Uh, and we can certainly have a little bit back and forth later if you want, or during the commentary. But you joked about it being uh, one of the shortest ones. <laughs> I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here, so I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to let you give me some of your thoughts. No,
2: I, I, I actually, I, I have a very, I have very little that I would uh, necessarily have to bring to the table because, unfortunately, and I'll be honest about this, uh, in prep for knowing what we were planning on doing and how we were going to put this in there. I've seen the first and I liked it. I got to get to the other two um, because I feel like I can't give it a full uh, analysis until I, I, I'm a big fan of what I did see, but it's funny because for me, I've seen every movie that you could think of, you know, that is in the same realm, any kind of. Italian or mafia kind of movie. I mean, from Goodfellas, A Bronx Tale. I mean, you know, we've already done both of those, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it's for me, it's right in the same area. Just never was able to watch it, really, in its entirety because there was always, like, commercial breaks, things like that. I'm a person that if I'm going to watch a movie, I want to really sit and watch it Um, in its entirety, unedited, and I finally got the opportunity. So, not a very big fan, but I want to hear your take, and don't worry about spoilers. It's, you know, a couple years old, <laughs> it's so it's not like you're going to ruin anything for
1: me. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you know, you mentioned A Bronx Tale. You mentioned Goodfellas and you know, movies of that nature. Uh, this is a very unique uh, mafia film. It, it, it's. It, it, there's definitely some violence here and there, but it, it goes so much further. Um, there's a whole timeline throughout all three movies, and you really have to understand... What's occurring during that timeline, especially since there's a lot of flashbacks in the second part. So basically, Godfather 1 opens up um, during uh, the day of the Godfather's daughter's wedding. And the whole idea is that as a Sicilian, he can't refuse a request on the day of his daughter's wedding. So he's basically holding court, if you want to use a wrestling term. Uh, He's just got office hours. And people are coming to him with their problems, uh, with something they need help with, and and he's talking back to him. He doesn't just grant their wishes. He has a discussion with these people. They're like family to him. Uh, Godfather obviously is a familiar, f- familial term, right? Uh, you know, more specifically with religion and, and Catholicism. But that's I one That's multiple yeah, times. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, that's the theme right? Uh, It's not just about the organized crime and the organization. It's about the family behind it. You know, there are the terms families, you know, the five families. Uh, But it's there for a reason, because it is a family business. So it starts with the wedding. um, And you kind of get to get to know the godfather. But at the same time, you get to know Michael. And Michael is a war hero. You know, he's wearing his uniform at the wedding. He just showed up. Nobody knows his His own family next to a couple of his brothers. uh, Don't even know that he's there just yet. And you kind of get to know this family. You get to know the main players. You get to know Michael. You get to know Don Vito. So early on in the film, uh, Don Vito's approached about a business proposition from a guy. You know, they've scouted him. You know, these guys are smart. They did their homework. And the Don decides against it. He says, drugs is a risky business. You know, I wish you success in all your endeavors as long as your interests don't conflict with mine. Peaceful, beautiful. That's how you do business. 15 minutes after that, as he's buying fruit, he is, uh, there's an attempted assassination on him. So basically from here, it's the whole "wham." we didn't ever think he wouldn't be here. Now he does end up living, Um, But basically, from here, Michael gets pulled into the side of the family that he never wanted to be a part of. And you watch him morph into this cunning, heartless, do-whatever-needs-to-be-done-and-don't-slander-the-family's-name mentality. You watch him transform into the thing he never wanted to become. And he's callous about it. It's not like he's even aware that he's done it. All he knows is he's there and he's not looking back. It's almost like it's always what he wanted. He just never could vocalize it. It's really an interesting point of view. And there's, I'm again, I'm not going to go over the whole plot. I don't want to do that. There is so much that contributes to that along the way. And eventually the old man dies. And Michael takes over as the head of the family. And basically the end of the movie is him settling family business. And again, he doesn't give off. Fuck, he just takes care of business. The ending shot, the cinematography, the score, the acting, everything is top notch. It, 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 it's it's heartwarming. It's horrifying. It's it's something you can relate to. It's something you can never understand. It, it's not just about the businesses. It's not just about the family. It's about developing as a person. It's about personal things that we all go through. Michael not wanting to say I love you to his girlfriend on the phone in front of everybody. And then he teaches Clemenza teaches him how to make sauce. Fantastic. So you get to know all these characters and it ends on a point that you would think is pretty final. You could have ended it there and that would be that, but you don't. You come back and you do The Godfather 2. Now here's where things get hairy. Flashbacks. It starts with Don Vito as a child in Sicily. And while you're chronicling that voyage to where he was at the beginning of Godfather One, you're also following Michael from the end of Godfather One. And you're watching the parallels, you're seeing the things that are similar, you're seeing the things that are dissimilar. You're seeing Don Vito grew up poor, and how it made him appreciate what he worked for. And then you have Michael who's rich, who thinks he can just get away with anything because he's rich? You see those parallels throughout the whole thing. You watch them almost grow together. You know, we already saw Don at the Don Vito at the end of his journey at the end of Godfather One, but now you're getting to watch from a child to what made him what he is. Uh, at the same time, you're almost doing the end with Michael, the opposite with Michael, where you're you already saw how he got there. Now you're watching where he's going from there. So just having those things in tandem and Pacino and De Niro both play their parts to perfection. The stories that are told, again, it's not just about the criminal element, it's about the family element and just the interactions between these people and how they made a name for themselves during those times. It's, it's just an absolutely stunning film. It really is. It's one of the greatest movies ever, just seeing uh, that story get told. Then... You have the Godfather of Three.
2: I was going to say, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of mixed on this one. So I'm going so to hear I'm gonna
1: go over the good. I'm going to go over the good. The, I knew, originally top they were of gonna, wrestling. We do uh, top or, of stuff. Yeah, Originally, they were going to call it the death of Michael Carleon, which would have been great. Um, the story was there. It's much further, you know, Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 definitely had some time in between them, but not that much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, between 2 and 3, there was much more of a gap. Michael's an old man now, probably the same age his father was in the first movie. Um, he's living the life in New York City in high rises. He's, he's quit all illegal businesses. He's going legitimate, but he's got the connections and the money that he can make things happen. So, you know, it may not always be the most moral of moves, but he's as legitimate as he can get, right? Uh, and, and the movie basically starts. Um, he's receiving an award from the Vatican, I believe, <laughs> and uh, his ex—you know—he's he, divorced from his wife, um, but his daughter and his son are there. Uh, and and like his father did in the first movie, he holds court, and it's with his son. His son wants to be a musician. He doesn't want to go to law school like his father wants him to, and his son basically says, "Fuck you." It's a complete 180 from the first movie. It's the same scenario. It's a 180. I thought it was wonderful. So basically, uh, Michael, what his, his goal is, is he wants to work with the Vatican to invest and take control of a company called Immobiliare, which just would be a juggernaut. But he has to deal with the politics of the Vatican. And as much as he's trying to get out and be legitimate he gets pulled exactly in where he was and that's where that where that wonderful most historic line comes from just when i thought i was out they pulled me back in I had had a lot going for it and the ending the ending is heartbreaking al pacino starts screaming but there's no sound there's just some music there's no sound. It's almost like one of those dry screams where you're trying to scream, but nothing comes out. And then all of a sudden you hear him inhale and then you hear him scream. And oh my God, it fucking pulls you in. And then, you know, and then there's an end shot and all that sounds fantastic, right? Yeah, you're bleeding. Uh, there, there's a couple problems with it. With it. Uh, Andy Garcia, as much as I like him, it took too long for his character character to become believable, um, mm-hmm. and it was just a little too over the top. Now, I understand it did fit with the whole times are changing thing. It wasn't like it used to because basically Indy Garcia's character was Michael's brother's illegitimate son who just showed up one day. You know, the leather jacket, no tie, you know, just a, you know, a, a wise guy, you know, a wannabe tough guy, right? Uh, so basically, Michael takes him under his wing. And again, that sounds all fine and great. Um, the problem is that Francis Ford Coppola did these movies. Uh, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with his daughter, Sophia Coppola. who's actually written some good movies, mm-hmm. uh, Virgin Suicides, um, yep. Lost in Translation. She was actually in that. Um, that was a good one. Great movie. Um, the problem is in this, she's young, she's dumb, and she sucks. And basically, yeah, what ends up happening, and, and she's green, and what happens is there's a love story between her and Sonny's illegitimate son. So basically, it's incest. Hmm. It just lost its way, so, and there was so that part
2: of the movie is only good in certain states. Uh, you know,
1: Alabama, Pennsylvania. You know, <laughs> yeah. But so, <laughs> um there was so much potential and it just fell flat on its face. It was terrible. There are aspects that you can pull out of it and say, you know what? This is great. Uh, he has a scene where they're all in Sicily and he's with Diane Keaton, who's his ex wife at this point. Great scene between them A great scene between them, but man, it's just stellar performance. I love Al Pacino. He does great in this. Uh, Robert Duvall was great. Uh, you know, obviously Marlon Brando was in the first one. Jim, Jim, Jimmy Kahn was in the first one. Um, Adrian plays the sister, Michael's sister. Oh, um,
2: shit. nice! You know, so to, uh, Tyler Shire or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who is Francis Ford Coppola's sister? Really? Yeah, there you go, Talia Shire. So,
2: yep. It's funny. I, I have a I have a newfound respect for your season one uh, finale promo. You had the just when uh, I told you it was going to uh, be I a out, They brought me back in. Yeah, but you but you also did in your promo that that day the uh you're the Don Corleone on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> now I am understand why you referenced it so much, yeah. is it? Well, I that, didn't realize it was that much of your favorite.
1: Well, and uh, and just the reason that I like that line, it's a Jay-Z song where uh, Lenny Kravitz actually plays the guitar and does the hook. Um that's yeah, that's a line in it and I oh, love yeah. it and I love it. Uh yeah, it's just a good line. Nice. So yeah, that's uh, one of my two favorite movies of all time. Um kind of disjointed but again it's just there is so much there to like even in a shit show like godfather 3 there there's a lot of content and a lot of good shit that came out of it just unfortunately Sophia coppola was a bag of shit and the incest storyline had to go that's my rant <laughs> i'm sticking to it
2: well, i'm excited man this is a, a fun new thing to do this season and yeah it's obviously the, the every other week kind of thing that we'll be doing this but you know to if you're doing your favorite, then I'm going to have to do mine. Three men and a baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could totally see a ghost in the window.
2: <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You got Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson, all at their finest. Well, it is uh, another one of the books. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week, 12 o'clock Eastern, on Wednesday, as always. Don't forget, I predicted tonight, Jeff Hardy is showing up on Dynamite. If he doesn't... He'll show up another time. Anyway, we really appreciate you listening to the Top of Wrestling podcast. I am the Professor. Professor, goddammit. Boo! Boo! God, damn, we shouldn't have t- taken a month off, man. I can't do my job anymore. I can't work like this. <laughs> Take two. That'll be edited out. Nope. All right. We're live, pal. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for li- Oh, we are live. Oh, shit. Hi. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things I've said. All right, start over. Uh, We're live, pal. (laughs) And you only know that I have half the brain that you do. That's something I should say to you on a weekly basis. All right, thanks for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I'm the professor. I got that name right. I bid you a farewell. He is ODM, and as as we all know, he leaves us every week with just four words. What do you got for him, ODM? Suck dick for coke. (laughs) R.I.P. Bob Saget. The Top of Wrestling
1: Wrestling Podcast is brought
0: to you by
2: My transitions this week, this smooth like butter.
1: Was that an actual transition? Oh, no, we're taking taking a break. break?
2: That was just me saying that to you. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, please don't tell me you're really airing that part, you asshole.